the quintessential like Fraxis moments is like the game we played with yeah. with Brian. You remember that, right? <laughs> Are we allowed to talk about that? <laughs> I feel like it's been, it's been two decades. It's been two decades. Two decades. We can probably, that we can probably bring that up. Classic. That is an all-time classic yeah. moment. Hi, everybody. This is Soren Johnson, and you are listening to Designer Notes, a podcast about why we make games. Today, we are talking to veteran game developer Jake Solomon, best known for his work on the XCOM reboots and Midnight Suns. This episode was recorded on September 25th, 2023, and was engineered by Michael Hermes. Cool. All right. So, um, so what I usually like to start with is what's what's the first video game that you remember? Uh, the first video game that I remember playing. Yeah. Seeing. I mean, the first thing, the the first one that made an impression on you. Um, uh, there was a game called Sopwith. Sopwith, Sop like Sopwith Camel, like the yes, World yeah. War One thing. It was a two D. Um, this was on an old. 8088 like a really old um pc compatible and it was a a 2d you're flying the sop with and maybe you could drop bombs from it or something i think that's the first game i remember it made an impression on me because my dad brought home this computer mm-hmm. my brothers and i played it and yeah I, I can still see it it was still cga graphics right so i can still see it i bet that's emulated somewhere sure yeah, yeah. Find that the uh, how how old were you would you have been? Um, that would have been I, I don't even know that I could say ten maybe I mean maybe it was the late eighties maybe must have been earlier than that so yeah maybe less than that maybe eight or something like that right okay um, and uh, so your dad your dad got a computer yeah and you started to discover the games exist I mean didn't you go to arcades before I did or? oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, we didn't go to arcades that often, but I think even the um, arcade games that I remember, they don't really stick out to me. I mean, unless you're talking like the old Pizza Hut, right? You know, right. the old like, you know, glass table ones, you know, classic like Ms. Pac-Man or something, Galaga. But um, no, what I remember, even in arcades, I remember things like Golden Axe and stuff that I know for sure was later. So no, I think the my first really experience was on was actually on, it was on PC. PCs themselves. Wow. Yeah. Because that also probably would have been around the time that the NES came over, but that didn't. No. Yeah. It was definitely before. I remember we played a lot of PC games before we got a Nintendo or an Nintendo, as my mom and <laughs> maybe all moms called, <laughs> called it, it back in those days. Yeah. Um, it was like, yeah, we played, yeah, Sop with. And, and this is true. And I, I've told, so I worked for Sid Meier. You worked for Sid Meier. Right, we both worked for Sid Meier. Um, one of my first games that I played on a PC um, was Silent Service. Okay. Yep. Um, but it was a cracked version of Silent oh, Service. Jake. And so if you, <laughs> and I didn't know this, my dad got it, you know. But um, what happened was that if you shot, if you torpedoed another sub, the game would crash and like print out lines. And so you could never, so we would just use it as like cruising oh, wow. around. But if you ever torpedoed another sub, you knew it was going to crash on you. Is it a badly cracked version? Is that? I guess so. I, I told Sid, I was like, I'm 
I'm sorry. He was like, it's fine. You've paid yourself back at this point. But <laughs> Wow. Would you adapt your gameplay then to... Uh... Yeah, you would just cruise around. You wouldn't. You would know you couldn't torpedo enemy ships, and so we would just use it to kind of put the periscope up. And you know, yeah, games games were so weird back then. Like, I mean, obviously, it's like probably there was like no purpose to playing silent service without being able to like <laughs> torpedo other subs. But they were they were still fascinating, right? So you watching like, reruns of you know Beverly Hillbillies or whatever. I mean, like you, you, it's either that or not play. We, you know, I mean, it was funny because. The availability of games was so limited. And again, I, I don't know when this was, but the availability of games was so limited for us. And, and we were kids, so we didn't have like disposable income. So it was like, yeah, we had these like six games basically to play. And so yeah, that was it, right? And those were the games we played for. You would play the same games for like years yeah. at a time. Oh, I yeah. mean, you didn't, you couldn't buy a new game every month or every year, even. Yeah, so. I would like ask for basically three games for Christmas. And I would spend the whole year yeah. trying to decide like which games those were. That's your year. And if you if you made the wrong call, yeah. it was a cold year. <laughs> it was. <laughs> Next year, it's a bad, bad year. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, where so where where were you, where you, where did you grow up? So it depends on what you call grow up, right? right? So a lot of people say like where you went to high school is where you grew up. Right. So if that's the case, then I grew up in a town called Liberty, Missouri. I lived in. Yeah, Liberty, Missouri, I, I lived in from, you know, fourth grade on through right. high school. Okay. But I guess what I mean is, did you, was it a, like a small town? So you wouldn't have had like... I mean, it's called to... Liberty, Missouri. It's the, <laughs> um, yeah, it was a suburb north of Kansas City. So right. I grew up on a farm north of Kansas City. Um, and yeah, it's the exact center of the country. Like Liberty, Missouri is like right there. Right. Um, small town, perfect, perfect, like ideal American small town in terms of if you looked at it we had a town square right um, when we had football games on Friday night the whole town came out to the town square and there was like a parade and it was yeah it was a very standard um, so you're, storybook anyway. you're a child of America I am a child of America <laughs> I am as I am as stereotypical as an 80s you know the right. 80s vision of like a, a small town America that's what I grew up in okay and so, how how into you, how into video games were you like during this period? Like, how much part of the life were were they for you? Uh, they were big. I would say they were big because um, we, since we lived on a farm, we didn't live around other kids. So we had each other, and we had the farm. So I had um, two brothers, eventually three brothers, um, because we adopted my older brother later, mm -hmm. and then I had my youngest sister. So we had each other and we had the farm, but both my parents, regardless of living on a farm, it's kind of like a gentleman farm, right? Because my, my parents were both doctors, actually. Right. And That's so what I remember. I was like, your parents were doctors. Yes, my parents were doctors. And now you're on the farm. We I'm lived on it. We grew, <laughs> up, to figure this out. we grew up on a sheep farm and it wasn't, it wasn't huge. We had like, you know, 40 head of sheep, but it was big enough. It was yeah, a farm. Like, you guys were like Thomas Jefferson's dream or something yes, like that. Yes, we were. We, yeah, that's right. The Enlightened <laughs> really Republic. Are. That's what we were. Um, so... But we had like 45 acres and it was out, you know, past town. So it was right. just, and so we had each other. But since my parents worked all the time, it was just us on the farm. And it was like, okay, we can go out, we can shoot stuff, we can go fishing. <laughs> Uh, and or you know and then also it's winter right yeah year, so so we would play i mean we would play especially my younger brother johnny and i we would play video games all the time um games on the pc then of course we got hooked up with a modem okay 2400 baud modem so we'd go on bbs's um 
And what would you do on BBSs? Like, what was? I mean, is that where nothing you illegal, Soren? If that's what you're saying. <laughs> well, I was I was going to ask that earlier. Like, like you know, you you bought some games, but did you did you pirate a lot of the games? No, 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 because I I don't. We weren't that savvy, right? So we would right. go on there and play. Um, there are games you could play on BBSs, right? So this was my oh, okay. first experience with like like trade wars and yep. games like those. Yep. You know, um, what I remember is that you would when you go into combat, you would. Um, use the space bar like the space bar would be like moving as a meter and like you could do a big attack by hitting the space bar that, and that, that was one game i remember playing there's trade wars um you would download what we would download were game guides so mm. you could find game guides right um for which type of games like well so for it actually ruined the game for me i've talked about this before but like my first real game so in that first batch of games what my dad i remember we had zork yep we had Sopwith, we had a jump with Jumpman. I don't people know Jumpman? Yeah, okay, so Jumpman, Sopwith, Zork. Like those are like the most the first games I remember. Jumpman. What's Jumpman about, about Jake? <laughs> well <laughs> it's about it's kinda like the running man. I mean when I think about it, I'm like I guess it is like they were probably aping the running man, right. like I guess the movie and yeah. you know, like or um what's that? What's the movie? It's not running man, but uh wasn't there more uh, Logan's Run or something. Logan's I don't know. Run. Yeah, that's I think right. it was like it was like this like, like the weird marathon man, sci-fi, like weird seventies yeah. stuff. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah. Um. So that was like the first batch, and Zork, of course, which was very cool and very frustrating as a kid when you're yep. like, I don't understand. Man, like, I, I made it to like the dam and where the there dam. were like buttons, and that was it. Turn. Right? Yes, I, I remember was, the dam. And, and I, I remember. Yeah, you, know, you always take the rusty sword off the mantle, but mm -hmm. I, I remember parts of it. But it was like. I remember the dam had lots of buttons. And yeah, I was there's just like, buttons, right? You, I'm pressing buttons. You've reached the dam. I don't know what. And you're like, I don't know what. <laughs> like, and if you just don't think of the right verb and you don't have guides for that game, you're like, I don't know what I'm doing here. But you, that's the amazing thing about that era. It was like you, there was nothing else to do. It yeah. was like you might as well try again because you have a full day stretched in front of you. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, but, like I never played the Ultimas. Um, and those I went, were my biggest. I, I went, yeah, I was, yeah, I went back and I, I, I tried Ultima Four. Yeah, and I just found it kind of interminable. Like yeah. it was like I can't imagine ever having the time to like because I was like I'm gonna try to just experience it fresh. I'm not gonna use a walkthrough because what's yeah. the point of that? And it was just like, wow, this game doesn't give you anything. Nothing. And like <laughs> you know your clues are just scattered randomly all over the world, and like one little pixel would like be like the sign of like a secret passage, which would be like a key to like. Whatever. So, like, so anyway, go ahead. What I think of is so I Ultima Five was was formative for me. Uh -huh. It was really it was really the first real game I've ever played, and yeah. I, and I've said this before, but and I really mean it. It's not it's not a phrase. I really believe that when I play games like I think that that's the game that I'm always chasing, right? The feeling of that game where it's just like so deep, like that. Like I was so transported for the first time in my life. I was transported when I played Ultima Five. Um, and I think I'm always like that feeling was that's when it was like, oh, games are it for me, right? Can you explain that like a little more? Like what what was it that transported you? Um, I think it was such a deep so I've been playing games like let's say, even the games like Silent Service, right? They're very limited in scope. Um games were very limited in scope back then. Um and so something like Ultima Five was an actual world that you could move around. It had a day-night cycle that the all the people in it would like if you walked into town at night, they'd be in bed, right? right. They'd be asleep. 
um, you could walk up to them, anyone, any person, and you could choose to talk to them. And then you would type the words you wanted to say to them. And there were, there was obviously it was keyword based, but you had to know the right words to talk to them. But you could say like, Hey, right. you know, uh, let's talk about Lord British or, you know, the avatar or whatever it is. And they might have, you might stumble upon some farmer, say the right word, and then they'll, mm -hmm. it was, I had never played a game that deep before that was like, I mean, it, was, it just blew my mind. And so I really felt transported. I, I would just get lost. I would just get lost. Did you guys make it through? Would you would you play <laughs> it like on your own or were you tag team with your brothers or? Yeah, yeah. So my brothers and I, we would play it. We each had our own version of that that we would play. And we'd trade off, and it was like such a big deal that my mom instituted uh, a rule where you could only play for one hour, and you had to trade with your brother. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then, so the way around the rule was Johnny and I, my little brother, Johnny and I shared a room. And so the way we found around the rule was if you woke up <laughs> earlier than your brother, <laughs> then you could go down, and, and if you woke up real early, uh -huh. Like you could play until your brother this woke was, up. This was off the clock. Yes. <laughs> so you would wake up at four, whatever. You'd look at the clock and be like, okay, it's four in the morning. It's five in the morning, which is an absurd time to wake up um, as a kid. But you would just <laughs> sneak out of the room, go down to the basement. Our computer was deep down in the basement in the computer room. And you would get on there and then they wouldn't wake up till seven, eight, whatever. Immediately they would beeline for the computer and you'd be sitting there and then you could tell them like I just got on you could say <laughs> just I have another hour I, I have and another hour Johnny and just I, the moment you walk through this door Johnny and I did that to each other um, I just remember it must have been I don't know how long we played it but it must have been for a summer and we didn't beat the game until we actually got a guide off of BBS but we, we must have played it for a year before then and it was it was a game that without a guide, I don't know how you would have figured it out, especially as kids. Yeah. And so you picture those, um, if you see those AI models where it's like they run the simulation like a hundred times. Right. That's basically what, what we you did. Guys were doing. We played so much that you'd be like, oh, dude, if you actually go to this place, that's actually a cave. You can end, like, we were just, we had nothing else to do. Yeah. Um, Wow. Yeah, I love that game. So did you make it through the game or did you guys eventually? Eventually we used the guide to make it through the game. Okay. But it was, it must've been years after we first started playing it. Wow. Years. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's what games were back then. Yep. It was, you know, it was, you just didn't have that much of a selection. But then after, then after that, we did eventually get a Nintendo. Um, we did get a Nintendo, but we still, PC was always, it's the first and again, back then, like games like Ultima were purely the domain of of the PC. So I right. remember loving that. Yeah, I mean, there was a split that's kind of hard to explain to people now. Yeah, like, between like the difference between a console game and a, a PC game, um, things have all blurred now. But like, it was just a different. It was a completely different. Different know. types of games. Yeah, right. Simulators, right? So like flight simulators were also big for a while. Yep. Again, talking about our. Both of our former boss, Sid, yeah. I played his flight simulators. Like those are huge for a while, yeah. and that was a totally a PC yeah. thing. I mean, you know, I assume we both you bought MicroProse games too, right? Those came with those like keyboard overlays, right? You'd like put on top of your keyboard, right? Oh to my like gosh. <laughs> for all of like to show where all the buttons, you know, what they all did, right? And, and that I, just enables a different type of game than you could get on a Nintendo, right? So and I I said to Sid recently, actually, he and I were talking about it. Um, the good old days. Mm -hmm. And I said, we talked about how basically I was like, it was, he was already out of flight sims at this point, but there was a game called Falcon four. 
Yep, I remember Falcon. Which, when it came out, it basically broke flight simulators because it was so involved. Like, mm -hmm. That was such a big deal. I bought yep. Falcon 4, and I remember it came with, I mean, it's, it's probably like well-known at this point, but it came with a manual so thick that I was like, what in the world is this? Yep. Like, flight simulators up until then, like Sid Sims had been like, well, there's still a game, right? Yep. It's, it's like, you're tough to land sometimes, but... Um, you have to know military jargon, but you can learn it. But like Falcon 4 came out and it was absurd. I was like, I don't know what any of this stuff yeah. means. So. Yeah, the last flight simulator I enjoyed was Sid's uh, F-19 Stealth Fighter, um, which I don't, know if, I don't know if you played it or not. But I mean, it, it had like, it was by Sid. So you can tell like, it was just like, yeah. I'm making, yeah, it's a flight sim, but it's going to be fun, right? All right. So um, that very game, I have a story about that game, okay. which is that that was one of those games that I didn't own it. And so I went to a kid's house who I did not like. <laughs> I did not like this kid at all. But I went to his house because he had F-119 Stealth Fighter. And I was like, I want to fine, I'll endure it. So I went to his house because I knew he had that game. And I played it. And it was awesome. He had VGA graphics. I never had VGA oh, graphics. Had right? VGA. So it was oh, so awesome. It was so awesome. It was worth it? It was worth it. Yeah, it was worth it. <laughs> I'd like to apologize to them. Well, I'm not even going to say their name, but, yeah. when but they know who they are. <laughs> yeah, when you mentioned that kind of like the living world of Ultima, like the, the, the game that did that for me was Pirates, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like that was the first time it, like, it felt like, well, a little bit Seven Seas of Gold too. Um, yep. but, but Pirates was the game, the first game I remember where it was like, you know, there's just a little bit of like stuff going on. You know, you get re news reports of things in other cities and like cities would train, change hands and like prices would be different, different places. I'm sure behind the scenes there was like not that much going on, but like there was there was enough that it just... We've it, seen the code at this yeah, point, Soren. But, but it doesn't matter, right? It was still magic. And it, yeah. you're right. Like it's tr Maybe it's tried to say, but like those games felt alive. Yeah. Funny thing is the, uh, the first time I played Pirates was on Nintendo. So, okay. Yeah. I didn't play that on PC. I actually played that on Nintendo. I didn't, you know. But yeah, yeah, Pirates, that's a very good example of a game that was alive. That game, that world was alive. And it was different every time you played and, you know, yep. you could choose different. Yeah, that was... And, you know, your, your path, and the other thing is, like, the path you choose would affect the world, right? Like, yep. you'd go conquer a bunch of Spanish cities for, for, for you know, the Dutch. And, like, well, the, you know, the history yep. of the whole, like, Caribbean would be different, right? And, you know uh, what I couldn't get my mind around with that game was the fact of, like, retiring. <laughs> I was like, who yeah. does that? Like, who yeah. even does that now? Like, is that... That's a weird design choice. Is that choice. a mechanic that's ever been duplicated because it was like yeah your people are mad like they want their split right? I think, like i think he had that in in some of his other games right i think that was in silent service and strike oh, Eagle. was it i i don't know for sure because i didn't i've only read about those games i haven't played them and you obviously didn't get far enough in silent service to, but like i think those games had like the idea of like you had a career and like there was like a mission board and stuff like that i should probably actually figure this out before i just spew it on the podcast yeah. but but like it's a good question. I, I because the thing is that the whole retire concept, he 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 spread that he spread that a bunch of bunch of games. I know that was in F nineteen, and uh, for sure it was in Railroad Tycoon, yep. and it's even the same like thing. The, the, the same word is in Civilization, like yep. Civ one. There was like a retire, retire. option, yeah, in the right, menu, which is like. What's the, it's like, I guess, a nicer way to say give up, basically? Thematically, it made sense to me. In Well, in Pirates, you could just start, like, you would just start over, right? right. So it'd be like, yeah, and it thematically, it made sense because you're like, okay, got to divide up the booty. Right. Like, I've had this crew for a while, and then you'd retire, you'd split it up, and then you'd just start again. Yep. Right. Yep. 
It's interesting. But I thought that was such a weird the game was like waiting for you to like, when's the right time to retire? You're like, right. what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm having a great time. I worked very hard to achieve infamous pirate status. Like, yeah. why would I retire? It, yeah, it's a, it's a weird decision. I mean, I guess he was like, sometimes I feel like as a designer, I get myself wrapped around a problem that I don't actually need to solve. Yeah, like, I kind of feel so. like, you know, Sid, as amazing as he is, obviously is not He was like, when do I put that. the retirement into this game? <laughs> he was like, like, do they just play forever? Like, you know, yeah, I got to right. do something. And I remember your your pirates would degrade, I think, yeah. right? Like, they would get well, worse Well, they'd get mutinous, right? They certainly would get mutinous. They well, not get... just your crew, but, like, your own skills would go downhill. Like, if you, I if think you, that's if true. you stuck around long enough, you get worse at, at sword fighting and so ever. So he was, like, trying to push you out the door. Um and I mean, I, yeah, I guess you do need to do something, but yeah, it's, it's, it's wow, it's, it's, it doesn't work as a live service game. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, I know they would totally <laughs> hate that. Would. But yeah, it's it's spun into what you know I know is like the Dan Quayle screen, right? Yep. Like that was kind of the whole point, right? You retire and then you get some sort of rating, and it's funny how his games are so diverse, but he had still had some certain like formats. Yeah, fit yeah. all his games into of like okay yep. at some point you're gonna hit the end game button <laughs> and we're gonna give you a ranking and you're gonna find out if you're better than dan quayle right like, um i guess that's how it happens when you're making it up as you like you're actually building an industry you're putting the train tracks down right you know, as you're going i mean i still don't know how he made like pirates uh pirates Railroad Tycoon, uh, I guess F-19, then two, Covert Action, yeah. Civilization. I think he made that in a period of five years. Yeah. I mean... He was just like, we're like, yeah, I mean, he basically was like... And he said this before, but yeah, he must have had some, like, children, like, kids' books, right? <laughs> you know, it's like a, a boy's library from the 50s. He'd be like, all right, these are the, these these, are the cool subjects. Are You're the, like, all right, yep, I guess planes. Uh, all right. Yeah. Then he went on to the Civil War eventually, but yeah. Yeah, truly, truly, truly amazing. Yeah, that's that's the type of stretch that like it's just kind of hard to fathom. But it, it, I guess it is useful to think like he did have certain concepts of how he framed the thing that made it a little bit easier. Of like, that's okay, true. I've got a certain box. He probably literally had these functions in yeah. the game, like a retire function, because you know he just took his old code we and like mangled it into know. new code. We definitely know that his code survived from. It's kind of comforting to know that his code has survived from every single game he's made. Parts of it have survived. All the way up. It's all part of the DNA, right? Right. So, so it's like we are all Stardust. Like with Sid's games, you are all uh, silent service. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, man. All right. Um, so you played a lot of PC games. A lot of PC games. And um, let's see. What's like... Um, did you mess around with your computer? Like did you try to program or did you like... And no. This is a little bit before the modding scene, but presumably at some point you would have been aware of that too. Um, but yeah, like, but you, no. You, you I, that? Nope. It never, it never even struck me. Not when I was a kid anyway. It never even struck me. Because some people, to, a, lot, a lot of people, like they, their in route was like a Nintendo or a PlayStation or whatever. So programming was not even something right. that they think about. But like if you're mostly in PC. Yeah. It, yeah, that's true. And I even went on BBSs and you'd have to have like, you know, boot disks and high yeah. memory and all that stuff right to make some games run but i knew i don't remember ever being particularly interested in that and I, I i knew enough to get the games to run but uh even though i ended up a programmer eventually like i don't remember having any sort of experience with that or any feeling for it when did I was you have a games. feeling of like i'd like to make games like did you i don't think, think so terms at all no i don't think i ever thought i i genuinely don't think i ever thought that for me it was simply that would have been like saying i'd like to make tv shows like they were games were a big part of my life but 
I, yeah, I, I thought of them as, you know, entertainment. And so I just never considered the fact of that being a career really. Um, yeah, I mean, it would have been the same as like, I'd love to make music someday. It's like, I don't know. It doesn't seem sensical really. And my parents were never against it, that, but it just didn't seem like a real career. So I never thought about it really. So yeah, so I had PC games and played Nintendo. We got a Sega. That was right. awesome. Um, Did you play like things like Dungeons and Dragons and like you know, a RPGs little and bit? board games and stuff I, like that? Um, because for see. some designers, that's like one path they took. Like if they had a, like a design inkling, they're like, oh, well, I, I dungeon mastered and I did stuff right. like that. Um, I played D&D a little bit. I think in junior high, I played D&D with um, a couple of guys, but not that much. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> funny story about that. We were, we, this is terrible. Um, but the statute of limitations have run out on this. I want to be real clear. Metro North Mall. Um, so we used to go to this place called the Metro North Mall, which, yep. by the way, somebody sent me a really sad, must have been a TikTok or something. I'm not on TikTok, but they sent me like a video. And it was like one of those like urban explorers, and they uh-huh. were exploring Metro North oh, Mall. No. And I was like, what? Is it just like a like a it's just, like a it's, uh, would be fit for like a zombie apocalypse? It would be movie? fit for a zombie apocalypse. In fact, you wouldn't believe it because it's so old. Like everything's so broken now. Yeah. So I, I couldn't believe it when one of my buddies sent that to me, and I had Man. spent internal just so yep. many afternoons there. Yep. Um, but yeah, when we were into D and D, we went into this. There was this like Walden books. Yes. Like, um, and so we'd go in there, and then we would just absolutely shoplift tons of D and D books. Jeez. Wow. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. Okay, software piracy is one thing. Just walking out the door with the books. That's. <laughs> I mean, bags of books. <laughs> okay. And. Oh uh, yeah, my, I remember wow. one time my mom. Did your, yeah, your mom wonder like, "Hey, where are all these?" <laughs> she, did, she came in and she was like, "What?" Like I'm, I'm I had like a bookshelf full of these D and D books, all these monster compendiums and rules books, and then all these different like settings. And and my mom was like, "Where, where did all these come from?" I'm like, and I remember my mother. She really she was she was very smart. She was a yeah. she was a psychiatrist, MD. She had her masters and everything like that. And I was like. You bought these for me. <laughs> I don't know if I jet have much or, or she just wow. felt guilty about work? working all the She was like, I guess I did. <laughs> I'm like, yes, you I, did. I did buy them. That's for right. <laughs> all right. We'll say no more of this, mother. But yeah. That's wow. but yeah, I did play a little D D. Um Did you stop stealing them after that? Experience? <laughs> I did actually. I was okay. I was pretty freaked out. I was actually pretty freaked out after that. Oh, so. man. Yeah, I was hanging out with well, I shouldn't. It's not fair to say I was hanging out with like hoodlums because I guess I was. <laughs> hoodlums. I mean, they, they pushed me. They made me do yeah, it. They, I can't exactly blame Kent and Ryan for it because I was just as bad as they were. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So a little bit of D and D, but I, I don't remember that was only like junior high or something like that. Yeah, I used to bounce. My relationship with Vita Games was one of where I would play and then I would like leave them for a while. Okay. And then I would all, I would always come back, always come back to them. But I had periods where I just would stop playing for, when I was a kid, I played them all the time, computer games, Nintendo, then Sega. And then I just sort of bounced away for a while. I think in high school, I stopped playing quite a bit. Yeah. Um, oh, that's fine. I pretty much stopped in high school too, yeah. which is a weird period. That's why I never played the original XCOM. Really. Well, that's the one I always yeah. come back. Yeah. And that's the one I came back to. And I remember I got really, really deeply into that. And that was like a junior, senior year I was playing that. 
So what happened? Like you just happened to run into it in a game store someday? I, yeah, because I would always go. You would always either you'd always go to the bookstore right. or you'd always go to the game store. You know, look right? at the box. I would still do that even if I wasn't playing yep. games. But like, yep. yeah. And so I would do that, and then occasionally I would just get that itch. I just got the itch that maybe it was planted, and maybe it's just in us if you love games, or maybe it was from Ultima Five. Still, like I just had that. Like I just had some hole to fill. And so, and I had a very busy high school or whatever, but I would always still go look at whatever it was, EB Games or which Electronics Boutique or um, whatever it was. Yep. And I remember I saw XCOM and it was the kind of thing where it's like you flip it over and you look at the back and you're like, I don't know. Like <laughs> games <laughs> never let's, looked like what you roll the thought dice. they were going to yeah. be. And it was all two screenshots, which are obviously like just completely hand-drawn. From the cinematic. You know, or, cinematic. So you're like, this is just whatever. Who right. knows? And then there probably would have been a picture of the base, right? Yeah. And probably a picture of like the actual gameplay, which, yeah. you know. And I, I feel like I must have, I probably was reading games magazines or something. I must have heard about it. You okay. know, I don't want to make it into an apocryphal story, but I just happened to pick up a fantastic game. Right. But I did pick it up. I remember I bought it and, and I played it. And man, I was just like, it was, it's weird. It's like, now that you say that about Ultima, um, XCOM was the same thing where you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like yeah. the world is real. Everything's real. A simulation is running. Nay, uh, day, night, uh, things are happening. UFOs are appearing. All this is progressing with seemingly no regard to me as a player. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just feels very real. Like it just, the whole thing felt very real and simulated. And I just was like hooked. And it was like, you had to learn by being like, all right, like, how does this work? Um, so it was a lot of like trial by error because that was another game that didn't help you out at all. Yeah. But now that I think about it, I suppose it does have a lot of similarities to the ultimate experience. Right. Like yeah. it's, an experience. it's a experience. It's a simulation. Yeah. You know? Did you like, did you read through the whole, like, did it have a good manual? Like did, did that help at all? Or I, I don't remember, but I, I remember being really, really confused about like it, it just all of a sudden UFOs would appear and uh-huh. they would start small-ish, but you're like, there was no, like games today do such a good job or not, well, I don't know, some hardcore people say like, oh, hand-holding, but they do a good job of like easing you in to where you're kind of like, you can feel clever, but the game's kind of like pushing you to be like, hey, you should probably upgrade your right. upgrade your fighters now. You <laughs> oh, know? Yeah. It Didn't was very do... easy in games like that to just completely miss one whole thing. Like, right. like go through XCOM with, you never like do the, you never, you never do the research at all or right. something like that. I, I forget if that, I mean, that might yeah. block something, I forget, but like something like that where you just completely miss a certain part yeah, of the game you and you're like, yeah. why is this game so hard? Right. And then you <laughs> just go on a mission and be like, well, that was everybody. You're like <laughs> everybody just just died. Right. I've never seen those aliens before. Like, why did they do that? Right. So it would have those moments, those real spikes to it. But it was, man, I, I just loved it. There was so much you could do in it, and you were so free. And the simulation thing really drew me in. Just that, again, that feeling like that it felt very real. So, like, I wasn't a big. I don't remember playing Civ One. Like, mm-hmm. I played Civ Two in college, right? But I don't remember playing Civ One. So for me, like. I don't know. XCOM might have been. It was probably the first like strategy-ish game that I played in a long time. So that yeah, that one really. That was one I bounced back to. Yeah. I hadn't been playing in high school. I came back. Yeah, yeah. I remember the first. I first time I did play XCOM 
was you know you wouldn't you would just keep you, you wouldn't shut up about it so I was like yep. all right I'll try out this yep. XCOM thing and, <laughs> and it was like, how was your experience with it <laughs> it was well the thing that was weird was like I was like ready for like the combat like I kind of somehow yeah. knew at that point I'd read enough yeah. about like okay yeah so there's turn based combat and I'll have a general sense of how that work but then the game started with this like pixelated globe thing You're just looking at the and globe. I'm just like what. Where is the like, like? Where is the battle? Where is like, the play a battle button? Like, you know, no, like no pop up at all. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> like, how do I even get into this thing? Yeah. Like, I was it was baffling. Yeah. Uh, like eventually, I figured it out, but it was it was like it's just one of these moments where you're like, how did anyone, <laughs> Anybody? how did any game succeed back then? Like, it's crazy <laughs> to try to think about it because so many people could have just uh, like if I if if no one had told me this is a great game, you have to play it. There is no way I would have gotten to battle. No chance. I just would have been like, I don't know what's going on. There's yeah. this weird glow. I guess this is a global simulation game thing, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. yeah. It allowed us to be very hipster about video games back then and be like, oh, I love that game. <laughs> you wouldn't like it. No, no, no. no it's, it's too not, confusing. Probably not your thing. Right. Yeah. Do you remember, like, what do you remember about your your play of XCOM from back then? Like... <laughs> Would you do you remember like losing all your soul? Like did like permadeath like leave an impact, or do you remember? Did you like? It definitely did. Never, like to, yeah, just anyway. Be nice to hear like free association of what you remember from. from um. So I remember being spooked out at night. So I remember the game being very um, cold, which didn't bother me. So the music was, the music is amazing. Sure. All right. So there's like synth, and it was this sort of like dark synth. Mm. Um. And the view, even the view of like the earth, it looks so fragile. It's like floating there and it's surrounded by all this space. Yep. Um, and you go on these combat missions and it, it felt like, which isn't, it isn't true, but it felt like every mission was at night, right? Yeah. Um, and cu that coupled with the music and then it was really spare with its sound effects. And so like when your soldiers would die, they had this horrible scream. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a really cold game. It wasn't like horror, but it was, it just was cold. And even the images when it, like the end of the month, there'd be funding and there's just these very like, I don't know, it just had this really kind of spooky feel to it. So I remember getting creeped out playing the game by myself at night. So yeah. I had a computer in my room at that point. And I remember being like, a little creeped out at night and I'd have to stop playing because it would be like, man, this game is just like messing with me. Um, so I remember being cold, but I just remember just being so gripping. Again, they, you know, the graphics, you look at them now and you would think like, I don't, you know, it, it's hard to picture this, but I remember thinking like the graphics were amazing in the sense of you'd go on these combat missions and, you know, they were their procedural maps, right? So every map was different, which was very cool. And you would see like glints of aliens mm -hmm. off into the um, fog of war. Um, yeah. and just And then you just got the sense of you'd build your soldiers up. And it was this classic XCOM feeling of you're always, you're weak, you're fragile. But then you take a leap forward with tech. And then for like a while, you'd feel like, okay, now I'm like running these aliens. And you just, it, it was like the most... A game that scared you <laughs> then for a while you'd be like oh i'm actually like I'm okay now i'm the boss right. yeah like i can actually run these aliens and i don't know that was a very powerful that was a really yeah. really powerful feeling and games did a good job of that back then of yeah. like just completely beating you to the ground yeah and yet letting you somehow you if you persevered you know you're able to turn this corner and maybe it was because like the mechanics maybe some games maybe the mechanics were literally broken but yeah. it didn't matter like <laughs> didn't once, matter. You, once you achieve that level of mastery you know it, it, like it, it never it never went away you know it was, like, oh, it was great yeah 
Um, did you, would you beat XCOM? I, try, I don't remember. I never came close to understanding like what you Yes, you can beat XCOM. Um, you can go to Mars. You can go to Sedonia. Right, that's right. And so it was, that. it was great. Games back then, there were a lot of games that just, they blew me away with like how far they went. So there was, the game was long and then there was like a final mission um, where you'd go to Mars and first you're on the surface of Mars and then you go down this elevator and then there was like a room and there was like a big brain you had to destroy. And right. so it was, it got real weird at the end, but it was appropriately weird. It was very different. Like you went to the surface of Mars and it looked like nothing you'd done for the entirety of the other game. You're fighting on earth, you're fighting in alien bases on earth. But then it was really cool to have this final mission where you're like, whoa, all my soldiers are wearing like powered armor. We go, we're going to Mars. There's like giant brain in a room you got to destroy. It was very, very cool. Yeah. It's really satisfying, but it must have taken me forever to beat that game. How, uh, yeah, like I, the thing that I, I find I'll have a hard time wrapping my head around with XCOM is balancing how the length of that game, right? Like it's yeah. such a long game and like getting to know, like it's, it's much longer than Civ, right? Yes. You know, yeah. and in Civ it's a challenge, right? Trying to figure out where the player is, you know, 20 hours into the game, right? right. Like, how did the first one handle that well or poorly or whatever? Like, like it was so it was tied to research. So it it was like again, it was something where it was like it was very very obtuse to kind of figure out like oh how am I supposed to how am I supposed mm -hmm. to figure all this stuff out? Um, so it was it was tied to research, um, and I forget what what it was exactly. You had to research to progress, basically. But there was no like story to it, right? It was right. just like okay, you got to research these elements, put these things together. You got to build um, an Avenger. The, the craft was called the Avenger, right. the like last one that would take you to Mars. Right. So mission to Sidonia, you had to you know finally research, and I, I think it was really there were no pointers, like even. Even in modern games, you would like highlight a like, hey, you need to, this is a yeah. narrative tech, right? You need to like research this thing, but there was none of that. Did it you was, figure it out on your own? Uh, I find that hard to believe. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember, but I find it really hard to believe right. that I figured all that stuff out on my own. Yeah. So I must have, I must have had help. And was there, a, like, what type of loss condition was there? Like, did it, was it, like, how unforgiving was it? Like, you know, if you just, like, lost all your if characters? all the countries, it? so if your bases were destroyed, so they could assault your bases. Um, uh, if, I don't think I ever lost through funding, but, like, if all the countries left. So that was a very cool thing in XCOM. So the um, countries, you had all these countries that you're trying to protect. Mm -hmm. um, and they're funding the XCOM project. Um, but some of them eventually will start working with the aliens. Right. Right. Um, so if all the countries leave the Exxon project, that's another fail state as well. So, yeah. Right. Okay. And you... But really you'd quit because... Right. Almost like Civ, right? right. You'd yeah. quit no because one actually gets like to the bitter end. all my soldiers, like my best soldiers died. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I could reload and start again, but I feel like I'm behind the tech curve. Do you like, know what it would have been like if, like knowing what you know now, like do you think that if you just persevered, like the game would have given something to you or really would have ground you down into dust? I think it would have ground you down into dust. I think that, yeah, I mean, if you lost... I mean, maybe you could reload, but I think it was always a case of like the, again, there was some secret like you should have, you probably should have got this tech earlier. You should have built more of these things, and so the original um, uh, XCOM, you had to build multiple bases, right? So you had to build, you had to know where to build your bases. So mm -hmm. your bases would give you um, satellite coverage, radar coverage, yeah, um, and that radar coverage would allow you to see these aliens and. 
these these UFOs that are flying in, like that's what's making people, you know, unhappy with the XCOM project. And eventually, they'll send in uh, a UFO that's if they if it lands in a country, that's that's going to flip that country, right? right? It's like I forget what the UFO is called. These but they're just little red dots, right? These are just little <laughs> red dots. But you needed to build your like you need to build your bases in the right places to where you're covering with your radar coverage. You're covering your best funding countries, right? right. Um, you got to make sure you're sending out your interceptors to shoot down the UFOs, and and so these countries stay loyal to XCOM, and and it was this kind of, you, there was no way to know that. I mean, there really was no way to know that. You just had to do it, and so eventually, like too many countries leave, and you're like, all right. It, it, again, it was a little like Civ, where you're like, you can tell you're yeah, losing, are, and you're like, forget. This it. is not going well. Yeah, right. I'm gonna restart this thing, and this time I'm gonna build my base faster, and I'm gonna build the second base, and you know. Yeah, well, right that's smack a, dead Europe. It's yeah. a powerful loop, right? The like, okay, things aren't going well, but I figured out. Right. I figured out a thing I can do better yeah. next time. Yeah. Right. Like that's that's a that's a great hook. Oh my gosh, that that's like, that's like maybe the most powerful loop. I mean, you remember our like Age of Kings games, right? Mm -hmm. You know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We would, but the thing that makes that work for me personally for Age of Kings is the Age, Age of Kings game at most is an hour. Yeah. Right. Right. Like I, I don't know if I even back then had the patience for like a. 30, 40 hour game where I'm like, oh, okay, I, I'll do it better next time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, that's that's a lot. Yeah. Um, oh, I think you failed quicker than that. Okay. <laughs> 30, 40, beat it, you know? Like, yeah, okay. It'll okay. be like 10 hours in, you're like, oh boy, I'm in trouble. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, but yeah, any, anything that's like, I, I definitely know a path to improvement, yeah. like, is, is, is a great hook. Well, it's, yeah, I mean, the, the like minute to minute is so fun. And then you're like, oh man, it's just that drive to like make your soldiers better, get them better gear. And then you're like, okay, I'm losing. Forget it. I've lost these countries that I just can't stand. Those. All right, fine. I'll just restart. And there's something interesting about games too. And and um, a lot of strategy games have this. The, the idea of like blossoming. It's really hard to replicate the joy of like starting games like that. They're mm -hmm. almost more fun in the beginning, right? So like right. the beginning is just almost. The best part. Right? It's just the best part. Right. It's not even about getting like the awesome text. It's about starting again. And and I think maybe it's because the start you have so much mastery and knowledge over that you kind of know what the right moves are. I remember something really, something that really stuck with me was we made um, Midnight Suns, which was uh, a card-based mechanic. And... I didn't know that much about card-based mechanics um, when we started, um, but I knew that was the right mechanic. So we had in somebody, I wish I could remember his name, but he's this really amazing Magic the Gathering player. And he mm -hmm. just came to talk to us about card mechanics in general, just okay. to say, you know, to, to play the prototype. This is the first playable. This was very early on in the project. But just to play it, give his thoughts on it as a really great Magic the Gathering player. Right. And then just talk about card mechanics in general. He said something that was really interesting. It always stuck with me. And he was like, um, in Magic, which again, I'm not a Magic player, but he was like, the nice thing about Magic is that the first hand is really straightforward, mm -hmm. right? You, I don't know what you do. You put mana, you put land down or yeah, whatever. Yeah, you put mana down. You right, tap yep. it, whatever it is. But he was like, there's a... <laughs> you're saying, I'm you're sorry. not a uh, Magic player, Jim. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. I'm making it real clear now. I don't know. You take this little... I don't know what you're doing. Um, <laughs> But he said that the nice thing about that is that you can't play the first turn wrong almost, and it's right. very satisfying. Sure. And I was like, oh, man, that is a really powerful 
it's really important for players to come out of the gate and have a moment. And that's not for just card games, for anything where you go, all right, I did that one right. It feels really good to like, sure, there's trouble, but like being able to have a moment where you're like, okay, I got it. I did something right. Like, I, I know for sure this is satisfying. I know this is set up right. I made a couple of correct moves here. I don't have to yeah. worry about it. That's a really nice and satisfying and important thing. Yeah, instead of that's found in your first city. That's right, that's right. We actually had a lot of an internal argument on the team for Old World about whether the city should start on the map. And there was like a contingent that was like, okay, no, like if we, you know, if we if we choose where your city starts, we can do all these things, like maybe from an art point of view or from like a map generation point of view or whatever. And like, I just, you know, this is one of the times when I just was like, no, I refuse. <laughs> like yeah. I was like, there's nothing that's gonna make me budge. Like you, yeah. ha you have to have that moment at the beginning of a forex yeah. game where you hit the found button and you start your first city. I yeah. know it's kind of silly because like you don't even really have a choice. You just need to found where you start. That's yeah. fine. That it just feels like a that, lot of agency, right? Right. You know, yeah. You, yeah. You may not make a different decision, but yeah, I think you're right. That's exactly what that is. That feeling of like, okay, I did something right. Like this is good. I've done right. something good, and this is how the game starts. And that's a really powerful feeling to start with. Yep. Especially in games of tactics or strategy, that feeling of like, okay, I've done something and it's the right thing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we <laughs> I have to think in more detail now. So one of the advantages we had with Old World is we we did, however, not allow you to leave your initial area. Right. Yeah. There's a like in Old World you have to found on, on city sites, right? And they have a few like urban tiles. And so you we literally just don't let you walk past that. Yeah. Because there is that issue in Civ where there are some weird <laughs> players who they're just like, I'm just gonna start moving my settler. Right. I'm gonna just, you You're know, like, no, 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 go no, no, explore no, no, the map yeah. and like, you know, like you know, anytime you see the player, like, how do we how do we tell right. them this is this is no, please, please found this? Like, right. you're, you're not Moses, man. Do not wander <laughs> in the desert. What that is doing? not a good idea. Oh, yeah. but yeah, at any rate. Um, cool. All right. So the X game made a, XCOM made a big, big mark on you. Yeah, it made a huge. And, <clears throat> and I actually stuck with games because that was, I remember that was like towards the end of high school. I was playing XCOM. Right. So it kind of got you back in it. Got me back in. And then I went to, when I went to college, that was like, Probably what I still, everybody's got a golden era of video games, but I would say like, man, mid 90s. When I went to college <laughs> sure. in 95. It's a good era. Holy smokes. Yeah. My college was, I went to University of Oklahoma and it was Ethernet wired. All the rooms were Ethernet wired. Sure. Yeah. And it was like, well, that's like, Doom is out. Like, um, Warcraft 3 came out soon after that. Like, it was. Or Warcraft 2 came out soon after. And it was like, okay, then Duke Nukem and then Quake was like, you know. It, 95 was so amazing for games and for multiplayer games mm -hmm. that it was, ah, oh, that was just something else. I still hadn't, by the way, thought of this as a career. I was just playing these games. Yeah, sure. Um, and so, yeah, that, that XCOM pulled me back into games. And then when I went to college, it was like, oh, my gosh, like, it was, you have all the free time, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And 95. This is great. You, you, you don't have to go to class every day, right? Yeah. So 95, 96 was an amazing time yep. to be playing games. It was awesome. Your yeah. parents bought you a new computer because you're a freshman at college. Your parents buy you a new computer. So I went to school with like this awesome new computer and yep. just games. Oh, it's a huge difference. I mean, if you'd gone to school three years earlier, yep. right? Like that would have been sort of pre-internet, you know, yep. and like... Yeah, you know, everything was just. I started in '94, and like, yeah. yeah, it was just everything was exploding at yeah. the time. It was. It was That's great. right. 
was like, I was, my email address was jake at ou.edu. Because yep. it was like, yeah, nobody's taking these. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> you could just take these take email these addresses. Yeah. yeah, that was like the, my first week of school. I was like, time to get an email address. You know, what's, yeah. what's email, right? Right. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, all right. So you played a lot. You played like, what did you play the most? Um, I played a lot of Doom. I played a lot of Duke Nukem and Quake. Um, and then I played, again, Warcraft. I played a ton of Warcraft. I played Civ 2 was 96. Was it 96? That's about right. Yeah. Yeah. So 95, 96. 96, I played uh, Command and Conquer Red Alert 2 or yeah. Red Alert. And I played. Yeah, what did you think of RTS games? I loved them, right? I, I loved them. I, I don't think I'd played anything like that before. So I think it was right. Warcraft 2 was my first one. And I played, was that multiplayer or was it Warcraft? I think more, Warcraft 3 was way later, right? That was yeah, like, way, that was at the... It was like 2000. Was 2000. Was, yeah, so was, Warcraft 2 was what I was playing. Yep. And I think that there was multiplayer. I'm sure there was multiplayer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd never played anything like that. So I remember that and Command and & Conquer Red Alert were like two. I was just playing like crazy. I just loved that. And so you're... That rush you of... Primarily playing multiplayer then? Just... Like, mm, I bet I was probably playing single player, but I did try multiplayer. Okay. I did do a ton of multiplayer because we were playing LAN. We were playing Duke Nukem and, and Doom and Quake. We were playing that LAN, just our floor. Yeah. Our floor. Everybody everybody was playing um, Doom, Quake, and Duke Nukem. So we would play that all the time. We would just... And I, what I remember at that was that we, even to the point where with Duke Nukem um, and Doom, we would just... Now everyone was like savvy enough that we would like we'd go download mods, we download maps, yeah. we download. We played more custom user maps than we played, you know, right game things. We we were on Dwango was like this like, yep. connection, right? We'd use that stuff, and so yeah, and and RTS was it was interesting. Yeah, it was like you play shooters, you play RTS. I guess I guess both those things. Did those exist before then? Like, I mean, I mean, that was the beginning, basically. I guess Wolfenstein. You know? I get, you know, but, but not like, necessarily I didn't multiplayer. Play right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't remember Wolfenstein, but anyway, it's, but yeah, it was all, it was all happening then. It's interesting because like you can even jump in Doom. That was the craziest. Right. We were just like, you're just sliding around yeah. shooting each other. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I was, I asked about RTS because they're Doom is so simple. Yep. And RTSs are actually quite complex yep like it's a very very different feel so it's interesting to think how they just like you know like melding together like nothing is simpler than like a doom deathmatch right yep. um but they're still today i mean i think rts's have sort of died because like yeah. it's, it's really like kind of asking too much of players um well when you say that you you don't include moba in that like you well that's MOBA to me that's what happened yeah, rts yeah. has turned yeah. into mobas I was gonna say they, like, they definitely haven't died <laughs> <laughs> they might be the most popular, but yes, you're right. And it was so subtle, right? Like RTSs are so subtle in terms of not just unit selection and tactics, but like pacing, like the pacing yeah. of when you build and when you attack. And I mean, it's just so subtle compared to something that's as straightforward as like, okay, yeah, Doom, Quake, yeah. sure. Oh, yeah, because I had played RTSs kind of like in my friendly little bubble yep. you know until i went to fraxis and like yep. i was like oh you guys play Age of empires let's yep. try this out and like you know just just mauled you know like <laughs> yeah. just nothing nothing has happened at all and like i'm like i might as well be playing a completely different game right. you know like i was like you know okay you have to read this you know right. you know, like you're like here's the stuff you need to figure out and like okay wow i the, the game inside the game right well that's when we got serious people should know we we were very serious about <laughs> rts specifically 
Um, Age of Empires 2, Age of Kings yes. at Firaxis yes. for our first maybe couple years couple there. years. That was the game. We, we played, played at lunch. So many we played games. after work. <laughs> we played at lunch. We played after work. And I, talk if, about the game after the game. We talk about the game. And if we didn't, if we, if, if you lost, I would drive home and I would just <laughs> think about the match. And I'd go, I know where I went wrong. I know I should have done this. I know I should have done that. You know, like, yeah, that that was a really big game for all of us. It was very formative for us at, at Firaxis, for sure. Yeah, I mean, that, that game kind of changed my life, you know, like, just in the sense of, like, what multiplayer could be like, you know. I don't, and, know, if uh, you, <laughs> you know if you remember, so... <laughs> Soren and I basically start on the same day. I mean, I know you started yeah. a little bit before, but um, you came back to work on the same day I started, May 15th, 2000. Wow. You got a, yeah. <laughs> a good memory. Yep. And Mike Breikreitz right. also yep. started the same day. By the way, Mike Breikreitz is back at Fraxis. Oh, really? Yeah, he returned to Fraxis. Wow. I know. That's why I left. I'm just kidding. I love Mike. <laughs> I love Mike. Oh, I, beer, uh, beer is back, huh? Yep, yep. Wow. Rob McLaughlin's back, too. Wow. Um, so They uh, all come home eventually. They all huh? come home. I'll be back there, and so will you eventually. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, we would we would play uh, that. And what I remember was that we were also making a 2D game. We were making Civ 3, right? right? So we were working on Civilization 3. But we were playing uh, Age of Kings, right? Yep. And I was like, huh. <laughs> and when I started, I was the graphics programmer i.e guy right out of school right <laughs> soren was you know ai, AI what, you guy know. basically yeah. right so i was the graphics guy and i was having to write in like machine language i, mean, I was like i didn't know any of this stuff and so i had to learn all this stuff this this special language we were using were you guys you guys were writing machine language yeah yeah yeah. the graphics the gra yeah the graphics we had to that. write yeah the graphics we had to write in assembly oh, language the actual, like, you know, drawing of the graphics, uh -huh. right? The blitting of the graphics. Yeah. Um, and I remember when I started, it was had, had old, like, Civ 2 ideas of, like, only the unit that was highlighted would animate. Right. And I was like, why huh. is that? <laughs> and they were like, well, we can't afford to animate all the units on screen at once. And I was like, this is really? weird. And, like, <laughs> I'm not, like, some great thinker, but I was like, this is weird. Soren and I are playing a game like three times a day where there are like hundreds of units on screen that are all animating at once. And I was like, I feel like there might be some way. And so I remember what I did was uh, no, there was no like amazing graphical trick. I just went and like changed it to where I was like, why don't we just loop over all of them to make them all animate every frame. And what if we did? I, what if we did? And I checked it in, and I just remember, like, artists were like, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing. I remember that they were thinking, like, you, Do you have any idea why it wasn't working like that? Like, it seems like... I was told... Now, remember, most of the programs had left. Oh, yeah, it was, it was, it was just, a ghost town. Right. You know, we were, but I was told we by somebody... among the ruins. Right. Of like, anyway, go ahead. Somebody who remained there, and the artist didn't know, right? So yeah, this sure. was a day where, where tech and art was very, like, siloed. Um, and I was told by a programmer, they're like, you cannot do that. You, we can't afford to animate every unit on screen. And I just remember thinking, like, I don't think that's right. I, you know, then it's like, then we go and at the end of the day, we're playing Age of Games. And I was like, boy, I really feel like there's got to be a way to get our 12 units animating at a time. So I remember I just was like, 
I think I'm just going to add code to like loop over them and animate them all in one frame. And sure enough, it worked fine and it seemed okay. So I checked it in and I remember so many people came to my office and they were like, dude, that <laughs> is amazing. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, I don't know. I Have just... you checked out this new program <laughs> right. we got? Like, oh, this <laughs> hot what shit. Can do? Yeah. So yeah, I remember that one as being we got like... John Carmack down here. <laughs> I, I remember being like, I really didn't do anything, but I was new in the job, so I was like, you betcha. I was like, <laughs> I figured out, I found a way, a new way. Wait, to... you see what's next? I stored some bits over here and I shifted them around there. I'm like, no, I didn't do anything at all. I just looped over all the units and animated them. So. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> it, was a, it was a big win early. <laughs> that wow. was one out of sheer ignorance. So. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to it's hard to kind of like frame. I mean, we'll we'll get to the, we should we should rewind and get to this to frame like how you'd be in the situation. Yeah, where like they like there was no one there who was supposed no to be there. driving the ship and understanding like, hey, this is something technically our game should do. Yep. Like you know, Age of Kings at this point was not even a new game. You know. No. Um, no, so. I'd played it in uh, my senior year in college before I'd gotten to Firaxis, yeah. All right, so let's see. Uh, yeah, let's get back on. So you're in college. Yep. And you were you were doing computer science, yep. right? Computer so science. talk about that choice, right? Because yeah. you hadn't done programming before, right? So no, what happened? No, I, my, um, my dad, so my parents were doctors, so I was pre-med. Yeah. Because I just, That's I don't know, it's it college, is. right? That's just how it goes, right? <laughs> Um, and so not a farmer, not a farmer, not a <laughs> farmer. Um, so I went to, I went to the university of Oklahoma, mm -hmm. um, and I was pre-med and I remember my dad one summer, dad was a, was at a place called the Cure Institute at UCLA. Okay. So he lived out in LA. And so he was like, you can just come out here and be an intern. And I was like, okay. And so I went out there with him. Um, and he is a gastroenterologist, but he's a he's a physician. Right? He, he's not a physician. He's a, he's a scientist, really. Okay. I mean, he's like a PhD, really. Okay. And so he was doing all kinds of like uh, GI science investigation, and it was just a bunch of rat stuff. It was oh. all just like okay. pumping stuff doing into experiments rats. Experiments on rats. Yes, experiments okay. on rats, and then at the end of the day, you had to kill all the rats. Jeez, oh, very unpleasant. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it was. It was like, like how are they literally killing like injecting every uh, rat? Bolus, you would. Um, so we we had we always um, <laughs> had like we were feeding them into their. Uh, we had like um, you'd uh, have like lines into their uh, arteries or whatever okay. it was, and then the way you'd kill them is you'd give them a bolus of oxygen. You would just stick it. Stick okay. it. You would just pull the needle out, fill it up, oxygen right and into the. You would do that yourself. Yes, I would have to do that myself. Jeez, and then wow. some of them, some of the I mean, people, rats are great. Would just but pick them still... up and. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was like option if you want to, <laughs> right? If you prefer, right? But then you do then, and I do remember the rats would like you know oh, they'd geez. like seize when you would put oxygen into their you know <laughs> shove oxygen through their blood system. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know how I was killing them, but it was brutal. Um, wow. Okay. I did not enjoy my time at, <laughs> okay. at the Cure Institute, and it was very dry research for somebody who didn't i was like you know my second year pre-med or first year pre-med uh-huh um and i was so stupid that i thought to myself well i must not like i must i, I must, wouldn't like being a I doctor i wouldn't like being a doctor <laughs> i don't want to kill rats yes my dad was, did have an md but he uh -huh. was not doing md stuff he was pure phd he right. was just doing like gi science and I was like, I do not enjoy this one bit. And I didn't think to myself, hey, 
I bet the field of medicine is a large <laughs> and varied field that you could find all kinds of clinical or research in all kinds of different fields. I just thought to myself, like, boy, I really don't like medicine. So <laughs> I came back and I was like, I do not enjoy this at all. And so um, I had a friend who was a computer engineer, uh-huh. but he was talking about how awesome, how much he loved his programming class. And it was like a Fortran programming class. And he was like, just take it, just take it. And so I was like, okay, I'll take it. And it's funny because it was just Fortran, which is an old like business language. But the minute I started programming, I was like, this is it. I really? Like, oh, this is it. I wow. love I was going to say, like, Fortran is like probably like the least, mm-hmm. <laughs> one of the yeah. least fun language yep. ever. <laughs> so. It really is. But I, programming to me, like, I found that so satisfying and interesting. And what did, what did you like about it? Um, I think being able to like figure at like being able to just write, you know, be able to write in that language and, and make things happen on a computer screen. So I think maybe for me, because I hadn't had any interest in programming before that, I hadn't done any sort of like hacking or programming or any sort of even computer hardware wasn't interesting to me to that point. So I think maybe though, but I've been playing games this whole time. Right. So then the magic of being like, whoa, I'm making the computer do what I want or print out what I want, I think was right for me who had played a bunch of games. I think I was like, this is amazing. Like this is truly amazing. This isn't just a magic box on my desk. Right. Or it still was at the beginning, but I was like, but now I have like some spells. And so I think for me, then every lesson became more and more interesting. And then I, then you take lessons about computer architecture and you go, Oh, this is all that stuff is really fascinating to me. And so I, like I was hooked from that first, basic intro to programming class um and it, that i was like okay I'll, i'm gonna do computer science for sure okay and that, that that like totally hooked me did you think about game stuff at all like no i did or like make game projects or anything like that well i did in the sense that i i did i loved graphics because ever, i think whenever sure. you do programming everybody loves graphics back then it was like well that was the premier like john was carmack the, was the lead stuff right there. that was it right yeah like, yeah Prestige was all graphics, so. Um, you know, you read, like, plan files of all the guys from id Software, and, like, John Carmer's, like, the coolest guy ever. So, yeah. So, I, I love the graphics stuff, and so I would make graphics projects that would be somewhat game-focused. Right. Um, but, no, I had assumed, because, again, I had no, no, I was in a fraternity, and all my fraternity brothers, who, many of whom I'm still really, really close with, um, uh, invariably, almost all of whom are lawyers. <laughs> I mean, almost, almost like I'd say, uh, I'd say like an eighty wow. percent they're lawyers, and the other twenty percent are businessmen. Yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, there's a few doctors, I guess. But yeah, they must but love you. A lot of lot of lawyers. Yeah, <laughs> the one who um, escaped. Yep. And so I didn't have. I just assumed I would be uh, in business, so I actually took a job with a consulting firm. Those were the most prestigious jobs you could get out of school. That was like the track. was like, well, you should get a job with one of the big consulting firms, Accenture or um, uh, any one of those consulting firms. You get a job with them. Had you done stuff over the summer? Like, had you like... Uh, then, no, or it was just no, like, nope. I better, I, business sounds good. Business like, sounds good. And I, all I had was a computer science degree. I had no training in business at all. Right. But computer science at that time, you know, 99, 2000, you know, that was like the, that was the degree, right, to have. Yep. Um, MIS was one, but that was like more IT. But like computer science was like a really hot degree. And so the business consultants were like, oh yeah, they 
get a great offer and you'd go work for the plan was you work for these consulting firms and then after a couple years you'll get your MBA and then right. you, I don't know make a billion dollars I don't know how it works right <laughs> something like that something like that I really it's it is frightening to me maybe I'm just forgetting some things but I really it's frightening like coming out of college how little of a plan I had except like all right I'll just work for this place it's yeah I, I, I remember there was sort of like a generic business track that a lot of people got I remember it was like. It's not investment banking. Like, I really don't know, like, what these things are for. But I remember, like, those investment banking was, like, the track for the people who are like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go I'm gonna go make a lot of money in my 20s. You know, I'm going to work crazy hours and whatever. And, and But it seemed like it was also kind of like business consulting. Like, I guess, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. This consultant was big or you were going to be pre-law, right? So right. it was – so a lot of my friends were pre-law or, yeah, consulting. Those were, like, the jobs to get. And so I just I, I accepted. Were the job. you so? Were you? I mean, that's the right way to ask this. Like, were you basically just you're just going with the flow at this point? Yeah. Like, were you thinking much about your life? Nope. I met Jen, my wife. Yep. And she had. Um, Where did you meet Jen? <clears throat> I met Jen. So she was at. Um, oh my gosh! So <laughs> this is. You probably know the answer. I know. That's why I asked the question. Come on. (laughs) Oh, geez. Jen and I met uh, (laughs) directing. We met directing um, uh, a musical because fraternities and sororities had this big, like, end-of-year musical extravaganza. And so we were partnered. Um, My fraternity was partnered with her sorority. Yep. And she was the director of hers, and I was the director of mine. And we met, oh, and yeah, and I remember we didn't get along at first. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> well, and so my fraternity had won a bunch of awards for this this thing we had done the year before. So we were we were like, yeah, this will be fine. And I remember I, I had these terrible ideas about like I think I wrote the script for it. Not all these terrible ideas. <laughs> one one was like I wanted to sing like uh, the. Uh, um, uh, the uh, wait, who are the guys who sing YMCA? Oh, uh, Village People. Village People. <laughs> I want to sing. I want to sing. A, but I want to sing their lesser known hit called "Go West." Okay. Um, and all their Deep songs. Cuts. All Deep their cuts. songs are. They're really interesting. You should listen to the lyrics. <laughs> and so I had a fraternity up there singing "Go West," <laughs> and I remember getting a lot of objections, but I was. <laughs> Very confident about the direction. <laughs> this is the right path for <laughs> us. Path. And Jen was like, this doesn't sound right at all. I think I had written the script. It was like a retelling of Hamlet, like a comical retelling of Hamlet. Okay. And you were wow. singing like the Village People song. I didn't uh, realize you guys were writing your own stuff, too. Yes, wow. you were writing your own stuff. That sounds like a lot of work. Yeah. Well, let me tell you something. Uh, only only one group got cut from it. You even got cut. We got cut. <laughs> we, <laughs> no. We got cut. After writing all the awards year before they were like this is such a bad idea like <laughs> we don't understand what's going on here so um that's how i met jen that's um and the the first semester i met her it's the, i'd never i'd never gotten a c in my life before mm-hmm. and i got two c's the semester i met her which is how i knew it must be true love because yep i'd never i mean i rarely got b's i was a i was a really dedicated student and i remember when i met her I got two C's, and so I was like, okay. I was like, this is this is either true love or um, this is going to kill me. So, yes, that's how I met my wife, Jen, who I 
amazing gent who I'm still with uh, today. All thanks to musical theater. All thanks to, all <laughs> thanks to bad musical theater. <laughs> terrible musical theater. So yeah, um, I met Jen and then, yeah, I didn't have a plan really. I think that the plan was, it all felt, again, like a job programming mm -hmm. didn't seem... I think because I wasn't surrounded by like friends who were engineers or programmers, right. it just seemed like, well, I guess I'll just do business because yeah, that's what all my friends are doing. Yeah, and I mean, I was at a CS degree, but I was out in the Bay Area, so right, so like you, tons you, of examples of like, like you know, what you would do with a CS yeah. degree, right? Yeah, so it reminds me of like, um, yeah, I think that I didn't have anybody to look up to, right? So. Um, you know, it's the kind of thing where you just need people to look up to or even just be around you, peers that you can be like, oh, yeah, that does. Okay. Even somebody suggesting like, oh, no, there, there are awesome programming jobs like this one or that one or this one. But I didn't have any of that. Um, and at that school, like the point at that point, the school was fairly like um, I think the CS was it, it was limited. Right. So it, it, there wasn't like a huge like uh, career, you know, development thing with CS. So. I just thought business. And so I took a job. I took a job with um, Accenture Consulting, actually. And they gave me a really big signing bonus. And that was awesome. How, then, how, how big would the signing bonus be back then? I, I mean, I think it was like $14,000. Like, wow. it was huge. Yeah. Right? And this was like for relocation and everything. But it was like 14000 They gave it to me really early. Yeah. And what I remember was that I did apply on a whim, only place I applied was to Firaxis Games. It's the only place I applied because... Why did you apply it for? How did that happen? Um, I mean, that's a that's a pretty big, yeah, curve, like whatever you call it. I <laughs> think it was there. just because of Sid and Microprose. And I just think, I just remember thinking like, yeah, Sid, Microprose, me thinking like Civ 2, XCOM. I just remember thinking like associating that with Sid and Firaxis and saying, okay, well, I'll, I'll apply to Firaxis. And but even to like think of that as like a possibility, like were you just like you know lazy Sunday or something? And you're like you I know, drifting yeah. around the web, and you're like, you know what? What the hell? It's a really good question. So I worked at in college. I worked. I worked in IT for the athletic department. Mm. So I was the um, I was one of the like network administrators for the athletic department. Um, and so yeah, I, I remember being there, and I was working on. Again, I had this like senior project and it was a game. It was like this little graphics tank game. So I'm sure it started getting into my head. And this was like the spring semester. I'd already accepted a job in the fall semester. Oh, wow. This okay. was the spring semester. And spring I remember. Spring of, of 99? Is that what we mean? 99. Uh, 2000. Spring of 2000. Spring of 2000. It was spring of 2000. Oh, geez. You didn't. You came before. Okay. Anyway, continue. Yeah. Wow. So spring of 2000. And I remember <clears throat> I was in my senior project and it was a games thing. And so I'm sure that got into my head. And I think that Fraxis Games, for whatever reason, like I didn't apply to places like it or anything like that. I think I just thought, I don't know, like the games that I loved and, and the games that I, I sort of thought about, I applied to Fraxis Games. And and you had followed it enough to know that because, you know, you remember Microprose games, right? You know, like yeah. Sis games and XCOM. Yeah. And you kept track enough to know that, like, okay, yeah. now the people, like, because there still was a Microprose, but right. you knew that, like, really, it's Firaxis. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, and Sid, I just, obviously, I knew Sid, right? Yeah. So I just thought, like, hey, yeah, Sid, right? Sid Meyer. I mean, I think I might have even thought that Sid made XCOM, you know? Sure, right. I mean, oh. <laughs> it just seemed, it seemed like he did. Right. Yeah, that was Microprose. Microprose was Sid, yeah. So I applied, and I remember getting an email back from someone, yep. and she had just said, hey, we're really interested. 
you know, would you like to come out to interview? Mm-hmm. And it was, I mean, it must have been February, March, something like that. I mean, yep. it was really late. And I was like, I guess so. And uh, were you, I'm trying to figure out the time, were you done with school at this point? Like, no, no, this was in my spring semester, right? So this was my last, this was in my last semester. So I was going to finish, I was going to graduate in like Mar- April, I guess. April, March? yeah, yeah. okay, well, that's really early. Yep. Um, but anyway, okay, or, no, I was going to graduate at the first of May, I think. First of May, you okay. graduate, okay. Um, and right. so. Yeah, I got an I got an email like in uh, February or something, and and asked me to come out to interview, which I was like, oh, absolutely. wait, so did you apply after you accepted the job? Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah. So this yeah. really was kind of like a yeah, very crazy kind of, whim. Yes, yeah, just a lark, you know. And when I got an email back, I was like, oh, I'm sure, I'd love to. And I remember going out there, and I was very excited because I'd gone on a bunch of interview trips. Yeah, in the fall. Um, but I'd never interviewed at a game company before and I didn't even know what that meant really. I didn't, it wasn't like the nowadays, like games and game development game companies, it's so public how that works mm-hmm. back then. We really only had plan files and like, I don't remember like understanding how games were made or any yep. of that stuff. So I went there and I visited and what I remember was the office was really cool. Um, I got to meet a bunch of people. I got to sit down with Sid yeah. Um, in his office, in his corner office. Corner office, yeah. I'm, I'm interviewed, I remember sitting down and interviewing yep. in that office. And yep. he showed me dinosaurs. Okay. He showed me Sid Meier's dinosaurs, which never came out. But he showed me dinosaurs. He didn't show me dinosaurs. He didn't? No. Oh, yeah. Well, but everybody, sh- they showed me dinosaurs because okay. they showed me two versions of dinosaurs. Oh. Sid showed me his dinosaurs, yeah. which was a turn-based... Um, <laughs> this is a very frightening. They showed me Sid showed me his dinosaurs. It was a very like turn-based dinosaurs things, and it was all about like how you I forget like they you would evolve the dinosaurs and right. I thought it was very cool. And he asked for my feedback, and I thought that was very cool. And I was like, I cannot believe I'm sitting here with Sid Meier. <laughs> um, and then they were working on Civ three in very early stages, and I remember I sat down with um, a programmer who was also a designer. Um, wasn't there very long after you and I started, but he was there then, and we started talking about like the design Chris? of yeah, Chris. I mean, he'd be the only person, yeah, <laughs> like literally the only math man, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Chris. So we sat down with him and we talked about like um, just basics of design and and how those things are programmed. And he asked me a bunch of programming questions, um, and I think people there were so, all the programs were almost gone, so yep. I didn't know they didn't know enough to even know that they were like, "Well, oh, this got I don't know." Do so hey, you know anything about programming? Yeah. Can you ask Jake some questions? <laughs> and then uh, another guy showed me another version of dinosaurs. Mm. So Sid had made a turn-based version of dinosaurs. Then they were like, "Hey, this is this other version of dinosaurs we're making," and it was a real-time version, and it was gorgeous. And these like really cool dinosaurs were all moving in real time, and I was like. What is this for? I was right. like, okay, well, that one looks super awesome. And I'm sure Sid's was about 100 times more fun. But they had some <laughs> other, like, real-time version that looked pretty cool. And I remember, and they were working on that. That's what Sid was working on. And then they were also working on Civ 3. And I remember, <laughs> then I sat down with um, Jeff Briggs, yep. who used to run the company. And he was like, listen, if you come here, uh, you have IT experience? I'm like, yes. He's like, well, you're going to have to do IT work, too. And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay. What, a, what skills do you have? <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, and then he gave me an offer that was so much less than I was going to make with uh, the consulting, but I could, I didn't care. I was like, I was like, 
I'm, I have to do oh, this man. job. I was like, I yep. have to do this job. Fraxis gave me way, way lower than any yep. other. Enough, so what, enough time has passed. What did they, what did they offer you? They you offered me, let me be, sh- I think $40,000 a year. I think it was $40,000 a year. Yeah. And it was a lot less than business consulting. But I, I, I remember being like, there is no way I'm not accepting this yep. job. Like he said, I was like, you have to do IT work. And I was like, okay, I'll do that too. I just remember I, I was just blown away by the job. Yeah. I was, I, I couldn't believe people did this for a living. I, I still can't, frankly. I yeah. still can't believe that we get paid to do this, but that was, that was something. And I told, I called Jen and I said, Hey, uh, we're not going to Chicago. We're going to Baltimore. Oh my gosh. What did she say? She was like, Oh, she's Jen's like an adventurer. So she was like, okay, okay. cool. Um, she never even came out. I picked out the apartment and everything and she never even saw it. We, we, we got married like three weeks later and yeah, that was it. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was, uh, interviewing there was, was, was straight. Yeah. I mean, I remember that, you know, they, <laughs> they, they gave off, it was a weird, it was a weird vibe, right? Because they yeah. gave me a very low offer compared to everything. Everyone well, else. I guess I people should to. know the context of the situation we were interviewing. Yeah. Yeah. We need to <laughs> explain that. Is that so. I didn't know this, but before we arrived, um, a huge, huge, I don't know. The company wasn't that big anyway, but. A lot of people, and, and a lot of the really lot talented of the people, a lot of the like, senior people, yeah. most of the programmers, um, left the company to start Big Huge Games. Yep. Is that what they started? It was Big Huge, right? Big Huge, yeah. yeah. Big Huge, yep. So they left to start Big Huge. And Fraxis, which had great titles, right? But they were just left like, oh, how are we going to make Civilization Three? How are we going to make Dinosaurs? Yeah. Yeah, they left. Uh, so this was led by Brian Reynolds, yep. the guy who uh, did Civ Two, and he did Alpha Centauri, um, and was supposed to be doing Civ Three. Yeah, and he had essentially kind of like a crew yep. at the company, and yep. they all followed him because basically Sid, you know, it was kind of like a two developer company, right? That yep. was the idea. Sid Has make been his for a games, long time. right? Sid would make his games, Brian would make his games. They yep. go back and forth, but Sid is very much a, especially back then, yep. is a lone wolf, basically, yes. like. He does his stuff. Other people come in to help out here and there, but basically he does his stuff. So Absolutely. the actual team at, Fra- at Fraxis was Brian's. Was the other team. Was Brian's, Brian's crew. Team. Yep. Um, and he left, and it was kind of like, I was, you know, you know like we all came in after that. We heard the story, the survivor yeah. stories, but it was this long drip of like, oh, so-and-so left, and then so-and-so left, and so-and-so left. And I think the company had been tricking himself for a while that like, oh, they're not all going to leave. But right. in fact, they all, they all left. Um, I have a story about that was that on my, I, I was, I came out there to work and I, I was working for, I was going to work for three weeks and then I was going to go home, get married, go on a honeymoon and come back. And my three weeks that I was there, I was sitting at a desk out in the open and I'd been trained by, uh, a program, a great program. His name is Jason Bestemps. He was, he was great. <laughs> um, but he was known to have, uh, Brian Reynolds sympathies. And, yes. um, and so <laughs> He was he was great. He was like mentoring me and like teaching me. I mean, he's the first person who showed me like an actual IDE, like how to use an actual um, uh, um, compiler. And so uh, he then he I went to tell him goodbye, you know. Mm-hmm. And he was like he was like when when you come back. He was like when you come back. I hope they give you an office. I was like, well, I'm gonna have an office when I come back. He was like, you are. He was like, 
wait, is it this one? And I was like, I think so. <laughs> I was like, yes. I was like, I'm taking you. They've told me I will be in your office, your office. when I come back. So and yeah, he I, was gone by the time I came back. And he yeah, was I don't with, even, I don't even with, remember meeting him. Like yeah. he, he was gone so fast. Yep. Um, yep. So, and then he went on to, to, to work with Brian. So, um, but yeah, it was a, it was a huge period of flux where I can't imagine how stressful it must have been yeah. for them. But you and I came in as young, like... Yeah, they hired you, me, and Mike Breikreitz. Mike Breikreitz. We were the three programmers who were going to yep. come and basically make Civ 3. <laughs> make Civ 3. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, in retrospect, I think, like, okay, so, like, I've pitched games... That, you know, like part of the pitch is like, hey, this is how much Civ has made. So I've like kind of done the math as much as I can outside of Frax. Right? Right. Civ 5 and Civ 6 have both grossed at least half a billion dollars. Um, enormous, enormous right? amounts of money. Like enormous amounts of money. They're cash cows. Yes. Like these are huge <clears throat> franchises, make a ton of money. Just think for a second, like 23 years ago, <laughs> Civ 3 had no programmers no. and they hired two kids two at a college offering them $40,000 yeah. to like so they make gonna, Civ 3. Like that's how, that was like how they shepherded the franchise. Oh like that, that was Lord. the position. Like looking back now, I'm like, how much money did Fraxis have? Like how bad of a situation were they in? I mean, we, we would have known nothing at the time. We nothing. were just like, be like, oh my gosh, like we've won the lottery. We're right. like working on video games. This is amazing. But if like, we had known more, and maybe it's tried to say this at this point, but the, the truth is, like, we didn't even know enough to be scared. Like, I didn't yeah. know enough to be scared. I was yeah. like, well, sure. Yeah, this I was like, is... yeah, Sword seems fine. Mike seems fine. We'll be fine. <laughs> I was like, I'll handle graphics, you know, like, Sword handle AI, gameplay program. Mike will handle, um, he's a utility guy. He can handle everything, right? Yeah. So it'd be like, hey, we're fine. I'll, I'll, between the three of us, like, it's an insane proposition. Yeah, why didn't they hire veterans? I don't know. I, I guess they didn't either have the money or, like, it's it's... It's crazy. I mean, I, I did have some concept at the time that this is like an amazing opportunity. Yep. Like I My plan was I was going to start work in the summer because yep. I finished college like in December and I was like, ah, I got you like had a an internship month. with EA or yeah, something? Yeah, I, I had an okay. internship at EA that kind of kind of helped, I guess, uh, the, like the summer before. Um, and I, I finished in December school. So I was like, okay, I'm going to take a big chunk of time off. And because I know that once I start work, yep. I'm going to like work like crazy, which is, you know, yep. what did happen. Um, and then I saw, I saw Brian left Fraxis and then I saw like other people start to leave. Yep. And then I saw like, you could, you kind of just see publicly, like the company was kind of falling apart. Right. Yep. And I was like, well, I love Sid and yep. I love Civ game. I love, I would love to work on Civ three. It's a perfect game yep. for me. And like, obviously like. There's some serious battlefield promotions going on here, you know. Like, I gotta. Get, you are way savvier than I me. I gotta get in on this. I just this walked in like a rube out of Oklahoma, just being like, "Well, gosh, this <laughs> seems great. <clears throat> it's another college project." I because I'd say this not to, um, not to like reverse like uh, legend, not legend, but whatever build, right? I'm not trying to like reverse build like this story here. I'm not trying to retroactively like retcon my whole. But, like, it re there really is no good reason why I was hired. Like, I didn't even have an internship in the end. Like, I don't understand why I was hired. Like, I was a, I was straight out of college. I had no experience making games. None. Right. I don't understand why I was given that job. I'm, I couldn't be more thankful for it. But that is, 
Yeah. It, it always is a case of like, there is a lot of luck at play, right? There's always a lot of luck where I'm like, I don't understand. I don't know what somebody saw in that resume where they go like, sure, this guy out of all these other people. Right. Well, doesn't make any sense to me. So. I mean, yeah, I, I, you know, I had to work for three months at EA, right? Yep. It's not like I, <laughs> on the boxing game, right? Like it's, it's, it's not like, I mean, the thing is like, it's not like they didn't have a wealth of people that there, there must've been people who'd worked at Micropros in the must Baltimore area. Like I mean, so many of them work for us now. Yeah, I don't understand. It's yeah. ah, anyway. Like they're, they're. I mean, there is there is a path. I mean, I'm sure we were the cheapest out of. Oh, I'm sure we were the cheapest. I mean, that that is that has to be part of the answer somehow. I will say, I never ended up doing any IT work. They were, <laughs> they were gonna double strap me with. I was like, so oh. I'm gonna be one of three programmers on Sim right. Three, and you want me to also do IT work? So I, I never. Yeah, that that IT question work. is telling, though. That is that yeah. is for sure. Uh, we, we after you and I joined, we lost another two. We were like, we yep. lost Bestemp, we lost Chris, and so again, yeah, we we like the whole company. The engineering side was rebuilt. It was completely rebuilt. Yeah, right? it just yeah. and it was rebuilt. On the backs of like, yeah, we were pretty young guys. My yeah. cat experience, but yeah, and uh, you know, we had what essentially 15, 16 months to make the game. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, so there is there is some alternate history, alternate path where like Civ three had done, did what like Master of Orion three did, and just yep. like crater the franchise. Yep. Just crater. That's it. it. There's no there's no Civ. You it know. It is um, one of my favorite memories on X. So, nice. I'm on on Civ three, and I, I did. I really have really positive memories of Civ three. Mm -hmm. Like, Frax has always been like what I what I've loved about Frax. Always like really warm people. Yep. And I said this to the entire company when I left. I said like, and I think that comes from Sid. And it came from Steve Martin as well. Like warm people, kindness. Like it just was like a, I loved Frax, and it really felt like that in those early days. There must have been when you and I started on the day we started. I bet there were twenty five people at the company. Yeah, right? like yeah, I remember they packed us into that that corner lunchroom thing yep. you know monday lunch is like yep. everyone was in there it Everybody was, was, it was not there. a big room it was like yeah. yeah it was like 20 people and like this is this is it um, you know? but one thing i remember and i had a lot of positive memories working on that one is that um jen would come up on on nights because you know we had no kids we had no pets or anything so sometimes she would just come up so i would work and i remember you would have that too like yeah you'd have people come up and they would just sit in the office while i would just work because it was like and it wasn't any sense of like um like mandated enforced crunch or anything like that. I was just the kind of person and you were too, where it was like, well, I'm just going to work, right? Like yeah. I might as well. It's the weekend. I also enjoy the job. So I'll stay later. I'll work on the weekends or whatever. But sometimes Jen would come up and we'd play like Deus Ex, which just came out, you know, on computers there. But one thing that's always stuck with me and it is, it is a really important part of game development that I learned on civilization three was I remember playing civilization three late in development and I was, you're always playing the test, you're playing the test, and then it was like, oh, whoops, I'm actually playing the game. Like, I played for like three hours. Right. And I was like, <laughs> I just kept I was going. Like, no, this game is great. I was like, this game is great. Um, and, I, and that was the first time, obviously, it's the first game I ever worked on, but it was the first time it ever happened to me. But I remember that always being, and it's always in every game I've made since, it's always like the important point. And I always, it always is like a photograph memory when that happens. I always think back to that night when I played. Civ three for and I was like whoa I just played like three hours of this game, and I was like oh it's a good it's good now I, I like it it's good and I know it's going to be good and right. I, I have the same thing on my own games where it's like when I play games 
and I finally sit down and I play for hours and you look past the bugs. The bugs don't matter. You look past all that stuff and you play and you have fun and you're, all these systems are firing and you go, oh, it's good. This is actually good. It's going to be good. I'm like, yep. it's the first time it happened to me on Sift. I remember, I distinctly remember when it happened and I, I think that that's a really important part of game development. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was nice to see. Like, the, th I, the thing is, I remember the first half of the project where it was it was like not fun at all. I mean, it's not like it wasn't fun. It was just like yeah. it was it was Al Centauri with like Civ two uh, clip art. It like was a mess. it was it was a mess. Did I ever tell you the story of like when I found out later why it was such a mess? No. I mean, like I, like obviously it's a mess because like all the people at the company, yeah. but there was a very specific reason why the code was so crazy, um, which was that when. When Sid and Brian left Microprose, yeah, uh, and they decided to make Alpha Centauri, yeah, um, and Brian told me this many years later, yeah. right, and uh, which was all kind of bizarre because I, you know in the early days I was like these people are bad programmers, right? right? Like uh, this, B dot or B star, like U I dot. I still all remember those all crazy these macros. You remember I, I I pasted that thing to my yep. door that like. 30 line long if statement like yeah. blank or blank or blank yeah. or blank and it was just like what in the world is this and um so what happened was is that they they left and you know legally they can't take any code with them right right but they started making alpha centauri and they were very concerned that microprose was going to come after them yeah and say that like we you know we think you took the civ 2 source oh. code or whatever and yeah. you're making a game a game based off of it and so they intentionally made the alsatari code as obfuscated as possible <laughs> like <laughs> they wanted it to be crazy and unreadable and hard to follow and not at all like the way it was before which you was maybe what? more logical f those guys <laughs> you notice how much pain that caused us when he told me that i was like Dude. i was like i can't believe this is the answer to that because i've like puzzled about this for years why was it why was the code in this such a crazy shape so like yeah. there was like literally people sabotaging us not intentionally because yeah, like the crazy hilarious. past but like the, the code that was like hilarious. everyone complains about like oh the code that we had to deal with but like this um, code was intentionally meant to yeah. be like hard to that is funny oh we did end up shipping with like mind worms in the code and, i mean all this stuff <laughs> agents know. and like right. yeah everything it was all this alpha I, I remember i had weekends where i was just like okay i'm gonna spend this weekend ripping rip out, out ripping yeah, out yeah. all like i like just i'm just yeah. deleting code like i'm not adding anything game i'm just deleting stuff because Which, by the way we gotta yeah, chop it, this stuff out and that's the kind of stuff where it's like maybe it's smart maybe it's not nowadays it's like <laughs> you have a producer being like whoa what are we what doing, are you doing? <laughs> we were gonna rip it it's probably gonna make it pretty unstable for a little bit <laughs> we're gonna rip all this stuff out but when you just three people just doing what you're gonna do yeah i felt like i felt i had no choice because i'm like i can't just keep trying to figure out this code we have to start rewriting it yeah. you know the, the weird thing is i don't actually remember working with you that closely i felt like most of the stuff we were doing in parallel like we pretty yeah pretty right? siloed and I, like i was doing a lot of graphics and a lot of just like probably ui graphics and yeah like yeah. i didn't have any time to worry about graphics or no. the ui stuff i was just like trying to figure out how to get the game code and ai, You're doing and AI stuff to gameplay work. and i think mike probably like bounced between the both of us but yeah i think i was more on the graphics and and ui and all that stuff side of things yeah as i had the sense that like you were fighting your own fights yep. essentially yep um and like yeah i remember i remember i remember the i remember the issue with the units that was like the kind of <laughs> perfect example of like <laughs> the type of work that needed to be done yeah i mean i did this i think i remember did the same thing i put translucency into the ui and they were like it was just one of those things where like it's impossible 
And I was like, we're all just do it. And I was like, we're all just do these, modulate these two colors in, in like machine language and let's just see how bad it is. And it's like, it's fine. It's fine. Like computers are fast enough now. Like there were a lot of like those old ideas, I think that carried on. But yeah, I remember, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I do have positive memories though of, of maybe not, I mean, I, I like Civ 3 just fine. Making Civ 3, it was so exciting. Mm-hmm. Making a game, it was exciting. Yeah. I re- what I do remember is that a lot of people thinking that because we were playing Age of Kings so much and it looked so amazing and it was real time. And, and I remember a lot of people in the studio being like, I don't know, not like Civ. I don't know. This doesn't make sense. It's turn-based. It doesn't look as good as Age of Kings. I remember there being, maybe it was artists, maybe it was programmers, and I didn't know enough. I remember being really worried about the game because people were like, look at Age of Kings. And I was like, it does look really cool. Yep. Not thinking to myself like, yeah, but that's a totally different game with a totally different design. Like, who cares? I remember thinking that there were a lot of people worried about Civ because of games like Age of Kings and how cool they looked as 2D. And again, we were probably one of the last 2D games, right? Yep. And everything else was, you know, at that point, 3D was well established by yeah, it was 2001, coming. right? Yeah, I'm, tar- I'm trying to remember when Age of Mythology would have been announced. Um, it probably would have been after Civ 3, but yeah, like it was... Um, we were the last big 2D game, one of the very last big 2D games. Yep. I mean, yeah, I definitely, I got there and, and I was like, oh gosh, 2D graphics. I was like, this I don't, I was like, I know very little of 3D graphics, but I got to you, 2D graphics, I definitely don't know. I had to learn all that stuff. So, um, but it doesn't, I mean, it it didn't matter for Civ. Civ is always like, you know, stood the test of time in terms of like, it has a very loyal audience. It reaches a very, um, and then they could renew its audience. It's just as a unique like game. And yeah. I think that, but I didn't know that when we were working on it, I was like, Oh gosh, maybe I should be scared. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's odd because obviously I'm, obviously I'm pretty proud of Civ 4. Right. Yep. But like, I think Civ 3 has a graphical cohesiveness that Civ 4 doesn't have. Mm-hmm. Right. Because it's a mature 2d game. Yeah. Like there were, there were like good art, like artists who had talent making Absolutely. decisions and about what they're doing. Whereas with Civ 4, it was like, we're like, Oh crap, we got to, <laughs> We are I guess we got to make stuff. a we got to make a 3D game and like yeah. figure it out. I remember there were times when the the, the colors and so forth were just horribly garish and like right. you know like we you know the scales were all crazy and and whatever. But like Civ three, like there was a there was like an attempt to like okay let's Wait. let's make a game that, that looks nice and is. I haven't seen pleasing. Civ three in maybe in years, time. but I do remember like yeah when they were rendered out they looked beautiful like the units looked beautiful I and mean, they were really nice looking units and yeah the color everything seemed to be like very you know visually seemed to fit together really well and yeah yeah that was i guess that was it that was our was the last 2d game because yeah the next thing i worked on was sim golf so right yeah well what was sim golf that sim was golf was somewhat 3d and somewhat 2D. <laughs> I, like, I did 3d like, on that I'm so sure. sim golf was i did the terrain and sid did sid and i were the only two programmers on that game All right so again sid kind of being his own thing so did you get moved over to some sid stuff like before Civ three shipped, or was like, did you? No, did you no, it up I went all the way through all Civ the way 3, through Civ three. But then I and then went you got moved over over to Sim Golf. So Dinosaurs was scrapped. It was totally dead by then. Totally dead. And then Sid, do you remember when Sid presented Sim Golf to us as a company? I I remember suddenly Sid started golfing a lot. Yes, and people were like talking like, you know, Sid's <laughs> golfing a lot. <laughs> so, like, and like what's going on with dinosaurs like yeah. the two conversations I said what's going on with dinosaurs and why is, and he, why golfing is he golfing so, so much? much both should lead you to one conclusion <laughs> when it comes to Sid um, I remember he presented to the company in that um, central space where we have our 
beer Fridays and tea. We had the TV where we had yep. the Dreamcast and the all Fun that Zone. Stuff. Fun Zone. The original Fun Zone. Now I think of the new Fun Zone. But yes, you're right. Was it called the Fun Zone? Oh, I'm sure Susan okay. christened it the Took Fun that, Zone okay. around that time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we had the Dreamcast and the big TV, and so Sid hooked up um, his uh, computer laptop or what? A computer, and he showed us like his prototype of sim golf that he made and. A very short amount of time, as he was wont to do, right? Because yep. he, he realized Dinosaurs wasn't working, and he was like, well, we're going to make a game about golf. And it was like, uh, <laughs> like, uh, is there anybody here who likes golf besides Sid Meier? And so, but he showed it, and with typical Sid magic, you you saw it, and you're like, well, that looks kind of fun. That looks kind of cool. Um, so I worked with him, and I made the terrain system. Okay. And he made um, everything else. Like, I, I think I just programmed the terrain and some of the graphics, but really I, I programmed the terrain. And I programmed it in 3D and OpenGL in 3D. So the terrain was 3D. And then Sid would then just project onto the, his all his 2D, like, characters and art that he was on doing. On top of it. On top of it. Um, how do we do occlusion on the big hills? I don't know. I Why did it need to be 3D? So my, my remember of the game is that like it's like a 2D game, <clears throat> but well, so I mean there's like heights and stuff like that. Heights, so. um, and so yes, because we're able to like raise large parts of the train and the ability to rotate. Uh -huh. I think I sold him on the idea like this is so much easier in 3D than it would be in 2D, which I, I suppose is true, but. This is definitely a case of like again like ignorance of youth. I think being like this will be a piece of cake. Yeah, it, it worked out fine. Um, but yeah, Sid and I were joking about that recently, um, <laughs> right before I left. Like, oh my god, the, the nightmares of. And then there was there was one the way games work. Like right before we shipped, they were like, "Hey, does every computer have this OpenGL thing on it?" And I was like. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. What computers does this need to run on? And they're like, a lot of computers. And I was like, we should probably test that then. I was like, I don't know. The latest computers, the ones that have Windows, whatever, that we were, that all we yeah. were developing. And I was like, they all have OpenGL. I was like, I don't know if that's on the other computers. Um, so, yeah, it was a lot of that, a lot of that sort of like fly by the seat of your pants stuff. But it yeah. worked out. So, yeah, I, I worked. That was my first experience working with Sid, which. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what was what was that? Because I never really worked with him directly, directly. Right. Like You never did? Not really. That's because like for Civ 3 and Civ 4, yeah. you know, he, he would give some feedback from time to time. But this was much, this is not at all like, well, you know, being on this project, really, working yeah, on, I mean, you, know, you know, like doing, you know, doing coding in this yeah. project, actually working with his code. I Stayed for a for a lot of the time from that point on. I stayed tied to Sid quite a bit. Right. I think from that point on. So working with him was um, was awesome. I think it was like he he. If you don't understand him at first, it's frustrating as a programmer, right? Because you're like, oh my gosh, how does this work? Because you come out of school thinking like, all right, everything like you want to write great code, you want to be nice, right. object oriented, C plus plus. And he was basically writing C, right? Yeah. And it's and now you're like, who? Ca I mean, who cares, right? For what he was doing, it was fine, yeah. right? But it just kind of offended the sensibilities as an engineer, I think. So I had to adjust to that. But he also is very good about saying, like, well, look, this is where my code works, and this is where your code works, and it's fine. Well, we'll find a way to stitch our stuff together. Right. Um, so it was it was neat to work with him, but you know, he was Sid is like a very He's he's not not shy at all. He's a very funny guy. He's a very like kind guy. 
Um, but he's not going to go out of his way to like, you know, you know, teach you things and mentor you. And, you know, it's so it was the kind of thing where I think for Sim Golf, it was just, you know, we just worked together. It all went fine and we, we'd sync up. And if there was a problem, typically with my stuff, not with his, you know, he'd let me know and then I'd have to fix it. You know, little black triangles everywhere on the, that's what I remember is little black triangles everywhere. <laughs> my, my rendering would always leave like some triangles unrendered and it was like a problem until like the day we shift. The funny thing was that I was doing press for Midnight Suns right before I left for uh -huh. Deadpool for one of the last characters I designed. And I was talking to this British journalist and he was like, oh, for Axis, he was like, I play one of your games like... Once every six months, I fire it back up. And I was like, okay. And I was like, I assumed it was like Civ 4 or whatever. You know, it'll be something. Pirates or Civ 4 or whatever. He was like, Sim Golf. And I was like, Sim what now? I was like, Sim Golf is yeah. the game you go back to? And he was like, I love that game. And I was like, I will tell Sid that you said that because yep. he will get a heck of a kick out of that. I've run into that from time to time, too. There seems to be a certain type of person who just loves Sim Golf. And, uh... That is, that is, it does warm my heart a little bit because, yeah, that was a really small team. And it was, yeah, just Sid and I programming, I think. Maybe Javier helped or something. But, um, yeah, so it was good. But we just worked together as engineers. Um, and then after that came. Did you, did you like, give him feedback on the game would you be receptive oh yeah yeah i was definitely um sid is like that's definitely he is and i think like all designers I, I definitely learned from him i think in the sense of sid meyer is not just receptive to feedback like if you're actually playing the game he will he was he will have a like that's when sid will actually light up like sid's you know again he's like a little introverted maybe he works in his office he works a lot he works in his office sometimes with the door closed right and and but if you're if you talk to him about the game he's making because you've played it and you're yes. like hey like when i do this I, you know i don't love this and i don't love that it's like man all of a sudden see he turns on i think any designers like that i'm like that too where it's like i don't care if you're criticizing the shit out of what i've done if yep. it's like oh you played it like oh, yeah. okay well then your emotions are a fact right like i don't care if you're saying i don't like this but like if you're saying it as the you're somebody who actually played this thing and put time into it it's like oh well, that's um so yeah i remember like i would play some golf it was really fun and so i'd talk to him about it we'd talk about different things and i wasn't even thinking from a design perspective just as a player but that would definitely be the way that sid would like oh okay now let's sit down and have a conversation that would really light him up um, were you what were you learning from him during this period um i don't think that i don't know that i was conscious of the stuff i was learning from him i think that um you know seeing the way that again maybe i was learning good habits and maybe um some not good habits in terms of not the way that he did them but um like you know he was able to do so much by himself right and so you know, I, I just still viewed him as this kind of like iconic figure of like, oh gosh, he can just, he can just make games. Like the, the interesting thing that got me into trouble later was it just seems so easy for him because I didn't, I didn't see everything that goes into it. And he was like this one man shop. So I just viewed it as like, boy, it must be pretty easy to like make games, you know, right. like design games. <laughs> um, Cause he, hard for Sid. he made it seem real easy. And I was like, he, he was obviously very smart. He was obviously like brilliant. And, and he obviously is. 
Um, but like, I think it, it was like decept, he made it seem deceptively easy to make these things. And also I was probably ignorant about like not paying attention to how much work he was actually putting into making these things. Right. Um, but yeah, I did love how he was, he was open to any feedback. He always told me feedback is fact. Feedback is fact. That's what he told me. Feedback mm. is fact. But he was always open to it. But he would really light up when it was like, oh, you want to talk about the game as a game? Like then he would be like, oh, we can talk. You can talk to him for hours Forever. about it. Yep. You know? Which was really cool. It was just a weird. I mean, it could be that this is just my memories of being young. But I also just feel like it was a, it was an interesting time as a game developer because there was a there was just a strong sense of what how, what we should be doing that we weren't doing at Fraxis, like yeah. what the rest of the industry was doing and that like it, it felt like like for for people like you and me like we had this this you know and it, you know some of this is probably just like snotty being a 24 year old or yeah. whatever but like like we you know, we saw what was happening at places like ensemble yep. um and you know we wanted Fraxis to be like one of those, those studios like we had the, i know there was like a long time sort of this chip on the shoulder of like we didn't want to be like the Sid Meier studio which is kind of a weird yeah. way to put it but like we just want like, it was always frustrating that people um you know didn't even necessarily know how to pronounce Fraxis right you know and still don't <laughs> fire axis oh, that's God. the most common mispronunciation yeah um, yeah we <clears throat> i think it is from us being that age <clears throat> we wanted to be there was like this I don't know if it even persists now, but there was a very, very, like, there still was, like, this rock star uh, game developer image out there, right? right? You just wanted to be cooler, you know? Like, I think that it's ridiculous because, obviously, I was at Frax for 23 years. I, 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 I truly love that. And I think I, I dropped that, you know, eventually, maybe pretty quickly. But I do remember the age you're talking about where it was like, man, I wish you just wanted to be cooler. You know, it just seemed like there were, like, a lot of cooler studios out there. <laughs> Don't make fun of us. <laughs> yeah. Making cooler stuff. And then again, if you could probably look at the like PLs for all those things and be like, no, you better off at Fraxis. We had some big old bonuses in those early years. Yep. You remember those crazy oh, yeah. bonuses? I remember and... those bonuses. I mean, Fraxis, Fraxis on that front was a, an amazing studio. Yeah. Because they were very like, this is what we sold, this is our money, and right. this is this is you know what you get, which um from having run your studio now, like I really think that's amazing yep. like because that's that was money going out the door that yep. was making them less you yep. know less stable yep. you know um yes yeah. it, it was something it was yeah it was incredible i remember that just thinking those especially in the early years like fraxis still does yeah. incredibly well but i remember in those early years it was just crazy yeah, just, you remember the the christmas party where jeff briggs brought like 50 grand to the party and like handed out, handed out envelopes of a thousand dollars we all got you're all going to get a lot more than this, but we thought we might as well tonight give you all a thousand dollars in cash. And I remember thinking, we're like, like, dude, we're like in downtown Baltimore, and you just announced that in front of everybody, some of whom don't work at this company. I was like, what are we doing? I was like, I don't, don't give me a thousand dollars in cash. Yeah. It was crazy. That's and then I thought, man, is there a way I could knock out some of these? If some of these people pass out, I'm taking a thousand dollars in cash. Oh. Some of these people are forgetful. Yeah. Uh, so in that way, it was kind of the like game development heyday. There was still like kind of like the tail end of that crazy, like the bonuses were big. And yeah, sure. Here's a thousand dollars in cash at a Christmas party. <laughs> <laughs> we were just more wholesome, you know? Yeah. Which I definitely like now. But yeah, back then thinking, oh man, we got to, shouldn't we all be driving Ferraris or <laughs> I don't know, like have a, 
have a like we did ha- but we did have like the top floor of a building yeah we had the thinking. top floor they were they were constantly like adding new floors yeah. and eventually they got the stairway that went yeah. through three floors yeah. like that what's the been... what's the studio that made Ion Storm? Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. There was such a like, you know, that was before that time. But yeah, there were just some like, there's some really seemingly some cool rock star stuff happening yep. in the early 2000s. Yeah, yeah. Jeez, um, <sighs> yeah, yeah. It was a, you know, I don't know. We felt like we hit it at a really, really sweet time. Like, we did. you know, being able to like, <sighs> just being able to experience like. I don't know how many games of Age of Kings we played, you know, oh but like, gosh. like that honed my design sense a ton, yeah. you know, and you know, I had to catch up. It had a particular effect on you for sure. Yeah. Right? I think that definitely had a particular effect on you and on Brian, right? Yeah. Both of you. I think that game had a pretty yeah. massive I mean, impact. Brian basically left because of, because of BC that. fell in love with like Age of, Age of, Age of Kings. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, to me, my, like the quintessential, like, Fraxis moments is like the game we played with yeah. with Brian. You remember that, right? <laughs> Are we allowed to talk about that? <laughs> I feel like it's been it's been two decades. It's been two, two decades. decades. We can probably that we can probably was bring a that up. Classic. That is an all time classic moment. Yeah. Was was Brian and and his crew True. had left because of Age of Kings because in that game they saw something that they wanted to like. Yeah, they were Replicate. supposed to work on. I guess we didn't, we didn't tell this full story, but like we, they were, they were supposed to make Civ three, right? And basically, Brian fell in love with like StarCraft and Age of Empires, and yep. it was like, yep. like I don't want to be making, I don't want to make a turn based game again. I, I've already done it three times, right? Like, I want to do what I did with history, but yep. you know, in a real time framework, which is fine. Let's do a great game, Rise of Nations, right? Yep. He did. Um, but you know, after he left, like there was there was a couple years of it was you know it was. The emotions were raw by you know the people yes. who, were, who were left, you know. And I think that's that's always going to be the case, yeah. So there always was like a little bit of yeah, they like, left. They're the ones who left, right? And yeah. so and who um, got left behind? Maybe that's right. Wanted so, to leave, but didn't leave. Yeah, that's right. And then that's people right. decided to stay, and then the new people who were just trying to piece it all together. Yep. Um, and yeah, so we would play Age of Kings all the time. We would. Um, yeah, at, at the office. Um, you were one of the best players. You were definitely better than me. Um, yeah. I was good at one thing. Which was raiding and killing villagers. <laughs> yeah. That was my specialty. That's the only thing I could do. It's your um, Norwegian blood. Yeah, it's like get the knights, go kill some villagers. Yep. And uh, what, what I loved was the team aspect of it, right? Yes. Like, like to me, it was just like yeah, I'd never experienced anything like that. You know, be on a team with four people, so we'd I could all get on the phone line. Yeah, we'll get on the phone if line. you're on the right, if you once you found out your team, yeah, then you'd get on the phone line together and you'd just be shouting into the phone. Yep. And, uh, you know, it was, and, and the thing is that allowed me to specialize, right? I didn't yeah. have to be good at everything. Right. I just needed to do this one thing. Well, you right. always build swordsmen, right? I yeah. seem to remember you had this, you had all these amazing champions, champions. that would like, would a lot come of like, that would be the, and the champions. I would yeah. just go for champions as much. That would be, I'd eventually overwhelm people. Yeah. With that'd the be kind of the hammer at the end of the yep. game, basically. Yep. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so what happened was somehow, how do we get channel? How does this even come together? I don't know. But I think, I don't know whether it was, I, I don't want to like cast this, whether they found out we played it a lot or we found out they played it a lot. I can't imagine that we, I don't know. I didn't know them. Because we didn't know them. I didn't know them. So, but they found out that we played and they were like, this doesn't seem like a good idea. But they, <laughs> they proposed, I think they proposed. A friendly game. A friendly of, game of, of Age of, of Kings. And so we were like, sure. We're like, and that's the funny thing is that like we didn't play online. We played each other. Yes. So you don't know how good we didn't you really are. know how good we were. No, yeah. No sure. clue. And these guys had left to make a 
real-time strategy game, and they were, weren't they being published by Microsoft? Yes. So, yeah, yeah, so they were like, yeah, so you're like, oh, these guys. And they were well-known for playing the game just all right. the time. Right, and so we were like, I don't know, we play a lot, but I don't know how good we are. Um, so I think I had played online a few times, and I was like, oh, I don't know, sometimes I win, and sometimes I get smashed. I was like, so I have no clue. And so we played them, and when we went into it being like, I don't know how good we are, but we did but we practice talk about the, what the we strategy. Practiced. That's we were right. like, we're going to do this crazy thing. That's right. And I remember saying, like, we need to castle. You need to castle, which means hit a specific, like, development point, which means you can start to build your castles. And I was like, you need to hit castle age at this time. Specific and part. if you don't, you are behind. Like, yeah. you must hit castle. And you do it by going here, here, and these. Yeah, Sid, you drilled me on. You got yeah, to do these exact things. You don't did it by twelve minutes or whatever right. it was. Like you're, you're all about right. it. So yeah. you got to castle by twelve. And so I remember that's all we knew. Is we practiced that a few times. We're like, wow, okay, yeah, this does work. You can hit castle real fast. And then you pump out a couple of knights, and then we're like, so then we'll have a team of four. All four of us will pump out two or three knights, and then we will send twelve knights to, to whoever's closest. To one and we will destroy person. them. Yes. And, and to that early to have 12 knights to stand on you would have been a nightmare, right? Yeah. But we were like, I don't know. These guys are making it. And so it was what, a weird strategy. We never played this. We, no. You never would have done that. It's something, something you have to do on purpose. Yeah, you because you have to plan it. Because it's, it's kind of a bad strategy. It like is if, a bad strategy. Because you're, gonna, you're kind of throwing all your economy into just like these three knights. These three knights. Them, and uh, someone built, one person had, I think Alex had to build uh, uh, crossbows or something. Yeah. Like just yeah. to like get a little bit of diversity in there. Right. But we're like, we're, and, we, and we would play these matches over and over again where we play for 15 minutes yep. and go attack one person. Right. And, they'd be like, and then we start right. over again. Like we, just, start we, were trying, we just wanted we were to know drilling. how fast we were, drilling. we were drilling. How fast could we destroy just one person? We was like, if we can knock one of them out, right. then doomed. we might have a chance at, right. at winning the game. And, um, and yeah, we got really good at it. So what I remember is we played the match. And what I do remember was that then we all like, Castled like like right on time. It was like beep, and you hear this noise. It's like a flute, and it goes whoop whoop whoop. Yep. I remember it was like whoop whoop whoop. And I remember thinking like, well, none of them have castled. And I remember thinking, boy, they must be over there going like, what the yeah, hell is happening right now? <laughs> and then sure enough, we just descend on one of them with like twelve lights and just destroy them. And I remember them. I just remember just gone. Like, yeah. yeah, and that was ultimate elation when we did that i was like oh we're gonna stomp these guys and we did we we stomped in that first game we stomped them yeah and i remember they called us on the phone and they were not happy <laughs> i heard later as i got to know some of that we the person we attacked was jason coleman okay and i was told that when that when we attacked him like that yeah. he just stood up and walked away from his computer <laughs> like he was like so shocked because it was just it was something you would never experience no. at that point in the game, you know. We, no, we that picked was a this crazy pivot. That was like, yeah, that is like that is like a meta strat. That was like the first meta. Like it was like I, I found that somewhere in the internet where it's like that's a deep strat where it's like, okay, if you really want to if you really want to do it, you got to castle by this time. You got to do this, pump out three nights, and so yeah, I remember that. And I remember they called and they were like, we want a rematch, and we we're like, no, nah. <laughs> we're like, yeah, we're like, we want to take our chips and go home. <laughs> like, no, we're feeling good. But we we did play a rematch. We beat them again. Actually, yeah. um, I think they were there. That's what you call being on tilt. I think at that point, yeah, like they just yeah. it was somehow they were not yeah. they were not in the right shape. So, yeah, that was funny. I remember that being a moment. And in fact, I remember, I don't know if Sid was, but I remember Jeff Briggs for sure, the president of the company, who had a fair amount of bad blood about this situation. I remember he was, like, watching oh, yeah. over my shoulder being like, 
Yeah. <laughs> he was fired up. He was fired up watching us play the big, oh. huge boys. Yeah, I don't think I ever saw him so happy. I, I do remember that. He was like, I heard. I saw yeah. it. <laughs> you know? That was pretty great. He had a big smile on his face. That was, uh, yeah, that's definitely one of my top video game moments for sure because I remember that feeling of elation was pretty great. And I didn't bear those guys any will because I didn't know them. Yeah. I, I came yeah. after them, but that was really fun. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was just to, to, to like plan something like that it felt like a scene from a movie you it know? did like, it's like an 80s like, movie you have like right? the montage of like <laughs> yeah. doing this crazy thing and then we're like, sweating <laughs> as I'm like soaring again again you can do better you gotta you castle at 12 and you see the time creeping down as Soren finally castles 11.59 <laughs> like yeah fist in the air that's basically what it was it was an 80s movie oh man yeah <laughs> yeah, those days. Now, when was that? Pretty early on, it must. It have must been. have been pretty. Yeah, it must have been the second year because that was before Rise, Rise Nations was announced. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um. Yeah. So yeah, I think probably the second year, close to the least of Civ three. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, we played so much of that game. We did. I remember that a lot. Of Team Fort, uh, a lot of Unreal Tournament. Oh, we did play a lot of Team. Yeah, Force. we played a lot of Team Fort. I, I was the most. I was involved in another studio. Uh, studio competition with that, which you were probably in and actually doing something. I I, I, I don't remember. Did you were you good at Team Four? I don't think so. I don't think I was any. I don't think I was particularly good. Okay, at it. all right. I, I I got I made the cut. I was on the team. Yeah, but what they I don't told, think I did. I don't think I played. In this okay, one, yeah. I, I, well I, I say I made the cut, but what they had me do is it was the well map I think, and yeah. there's there's the the flags at the bottom of a well, and there's yeah. a ladder to go down the well. They said, okay, Soren, what you need to go <laughs> is go. Stand on the ladder. I'm like, can I shoot people? Like, no. <laughs> no. We just want you to stand on the ladder so, like, they can't go down the ladder and get the thing. I was like, that's it? Yes. Just be, <laughs> if you get killed, like, go back to the ladder. Soren, you're the most important person on this <laughs> it all, team. It's all revolves What we really you. can't have you do is play in the match, <laughs> right? Please don't get too excited and start using your weapon. We oh. need you to stand on the ladder. Oh, yeah. That's funny. Who was that against? I don't know. I, I, just some other I think developer. Some, it was, I think it was a team, some team from Seattle. Okay, uh, but I don't. I don't remember. Yeah. Oh real. man. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> so after after uh, some golf, some golf, you moved on to pirates. Pirates. Okay. pirates. And were pirates. you on the original pirates? I was team? on the original pirates team. Okay. I very. I have a very vague memories of that project. I was on the original pirate. Were you working on Civ Four at that point? Did I was working on the middle project that happened between Civ 3 and Civ 4. What was the middle one? You remember the middle project. <laughs> the one we don't talk about much publicly. Um, was that then? Yeah, that okay. was then. Because oh. that was uh, that project was uh, basically inspired by one of Mike Breckritz's map scripts in Age of Empires, right? I mean, that, that flowed directly from Age of Empires, huh. right? You know, he made a map where there yeah, was like, yeah. there was like no trees and like that turned yeah. the whole game upside down, yeah. right? It was like, oh crap, we can't have yeah. hard archers, but there's lots of gold. And I was like, oh, this is super oh, interesting. We should, the idea of, okay, okay. Yeah, let's make, a, let's make a game where the resources are kind definitely, of change randomly. Yes, that project definitely had some of my favorite memories too. That, just playing, right? Just playing with everybody. That so, was, yeah, that was, that, that kind of took over for a while. It as did. The, as to the, the point game. where um, we were told to, you got to stop. <laughs> stop playing the You got to stop playing that during work hours. And it was like, well, but it's a project we're working on. They're like, no, you got to stop. That's how you know it was good. That's an amazing moment. That's right. I forgot that we were told that. We were told you got to stop. Stop, stop playing you that stop game. You got to stop playing that game. <laughs> That's such a good sign. Okay. All right. So then 
right. And, and you then, were, you helped out with that. I think you, I did. You, you I, helped, did. I, mean, I mean, you helped out actually quite a bit because I didn't know this thing. Cause I, and I always was slightly self-conscious of this. Like I, oh, I have like no graphics background. I did whatsoever. Work on that. The terrain yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. You, you built the terrain for that. Yeah. yeah. And, and um, the, yeah, that was all 3d. So yeah, that, that's right. I, I do remember. I did work on that for a while. Yeah. Okay, so I, yeah, yeah, you helped me. You helped me get stuff into the games. I don't know how any of that worked. Darned. You know, we had units moving around, and like you must have I done some sort that. of yeah, I did all stuff. that stuff. Yeah, yeah, I did all that three D. Oh my gosh, yeah. Oh, that's cool. I forgot. That's that's weird. You've unlocked a memory for me. I was like, I just assumed, and I've been telling people. Some people I've done like retroactors. I guess I couldn't talk about what that project because it's not a named project. But I, yeah, I, I do remember that we worked on that for a while. That was really fun getting yeah. that whole setup. I remember that first time the train came in. It was like. So black, all the shadows, <laughs> all the correct ambient lighting. But oh yeah, I do remember that now. That's yep. right. And I remember like the little beam shooting back and yep, forth. Yep. Oh yeah, yep. gosh, the comment, the pirates coming up, and like, that was fun. Know. That was really fun. Yeah, great, great project. Oh, such a great project. So then it must have been after that. Yep. Then maybe when you went to Civ Four, then I must have gone to Pirates. Yep, yep. That's okay. that's that basically mm -hmm. must have happened because. You know, I had to move on to something else, and they knew right. they had Civ Four, so I was like, "Well, I'm going to start on that." Yep. Um, and then, and so I probably wasn't there for a lot of the like first really early pirate of stuff. Yeah. So pirates was worked on by a team, um, a new team, and they were making it, but they were making it with a fairly realistic slant towards mm -hmm. ships and pirates. <laughs> I mean, not the Sid stance of like. Maybe read a maybe read a kid's book about like my first book of pirates <laughs> and like that's pretty much all you need to know. Like right. that's kind of how Sid Sid does know more than that, but he approaches it from the angle of like eh, you should probably be able to read a kid's book and be like, are those elements being hit in this game? Right? Does it kind of look like like are the pictures bright and exciting like this book this kid's book is? Like that's Sid's style to like encapsulating history, and instead this was like a. I remember thinking, like, man, the seas were cold and gray looking, and <laughs> it was just like, God, you could get dysentery just looking at this game. It was brutal, and it was they were just they were just finagling about like all different types of like shot and all all, the, all these things. Where you're like, boy, we're spending a lot of time talking about like it basically was like a it was like a war sim. They were they was turning into like a ship war sim. You were know? you? I mean, did it get to the point where you're still driving a ship around the Mediterranean? Or yeah, I think so. Korea, Caribbean, Jesus. Right. Uh, <laughs> the um, but yeah, I remember thinking it was really it was pretty grim. The game was grim, and also like it was, it felt grim because you just knew it wasn't. It just wasn't fun, right? And so, and this was after <clears throat> we made Civ three, uh -huh. um, Sim Golf. Um, the the other project, all of which were fun, or they were all just fun. Right? Yeah, and this was They're a game. Fun where to like, be, yeah, yeah, we're like, oh, you can't even have fun playing this thing. So it was, and so of course the answer was, I don't know what Sid was doing before that, but I'm sure he was working on some project. But he stepped in, and Sid was like, well, let me take this. He took the assets that they had worked on, and he went away for I don't know a weekend, a week. Whatever I remember it was. it was the Fourth of July weekend. Yeah, in whatever it would have been two thousand three or 2002 or whatever, whichever year it was. So he had never um, made a 3D game. He'd never wow. worked on 3D before. So that weekend, working on, all he did was ship battles. So the only thing he made first was ship battles. Right. He was like, I'm going to make the ship battle mini game. He'd never done 3D before. So he had to learn that. Uh, we were using like the Netimerse engine or something. But he had to learn 3D. I mean, you know, he had to learn how to program in 3D. 
And he did that, and he made ship battles using the assets we had, and by just throwing in some of his own music, brightening things up, throwing in some fun sound effects, and of course, like, designing the game, designing the ship battles to be, like, super fun and fast, and all of a sudden, the ships were moving. Who cares what physics? Like, who cares what right. the physics of giant ships are? Like, we had, like, ponderous, like, before Sid came along, there were these ponderous, like, well, you know, the galleon would take this... Long to turn, like, right? Right, yeah. and you're like, well, <laughs> sure, but can you multiply everything by 10? Because, well, nope, you can't do that because if your sail isn't... And Sid was like, now, big ships turn slower, but they turn pretty fast. Like, <laughs> it, it looks ridiculous, I guess, if you're trying to, like, you know, be a ship historian, but when you played it, you're like, this is, like, 10 times better than... This is fun. Like, all of a sudden, the game's fun. Yeah. It was like, okay, that's it. Sid's in charge again. Sid's got to take over. I'm sure he could have done Pirates if he wanted to, but he he chose not to lead that project. But once he did that, it was yeah. like, he was like, okay. I'll yeah, I wonder this. what he was doing at that point. Like, I remember I a bunch know. of weird other games. He was worried, like, he had like a weather game and he had like a, a, a traffic, traffic game. Traffic yep, game. Traffic he might have been doing the traffic game. <laughs> so <laughs> there was that. a game about traffic management. Yeah. And I do like, remember say that. the stoplights. Yeah, know, he might like, have been doing that thing. Yeah. Which, okay. But uh, <laughs> you're saying you're gonna make a game about whatever you want. I mean, like I, I, I mean, like what Mini Metro is like a yeah. game that made was really successful. Like you, yeah. could, you probably could have totally made it work. But probably anyway, uh, I, I so yeah, like the pirates was happening, and I yeah, I wonder why he didn't just jump onto it immediately. It was off. I probably asked him this when I, <laughs> ten yeah. years ago when I interviewed him. But um, but yeah, were, there was a sense in the company of like uh, this is not going. Yeah. This is not going right. And I remember said that's I think the, the only time I've ever seen him be a little bit emotional. Yeah. But like he kind of felt like like I need to I need to do something here. Yeah. Right. And he felt kind of like I think obligated to yeah. kind of step in. And um, well, it was a it was a really dark time for the company actually. Mm -hmm. um, because we didn't move forward to that other project that we all loved right. so much, right? Sure. So I think we all loved that other project yep, um, that's that true. you were the lead of. Um, and so we didn't move forward with that. And then this and the thing that left was Pirates, right? And, and, and Pirates wasn't fun. And I remember that being a particularly, like, if I had ever wavered at Fryaxis, I'm sure it was at that point where I was like, okay, what are we doing here? Like this... We're not doing the one project that we liked, and we are now. We're doing this project, and none of us like. We're doing pirates, and it's not even as good as the old pirates. Like it, that felt it felt pretty grim at that point. I thought, um, yeah. And so yeah, Sid stepped in, and he yeah. He and I remember him. one of the one of the key things was he just plugged a Xbox controller into his computer, right? Like it was mm -hmm. actually using uh, console controls, which was super interesting because in a lot of ways. Yeah, like when I played Pirates back in 1988 or whatever, yep. like I was using I was using a mouse. Yep. I was using a joystick, right? Yep. Um, and that's in a lot of ways right, how and it's, I played it on Nintendo, right? Yeah, so, right. Yeah. That's kind of how it's meant to be played, right? right? Um, and even though like it took a while to get the con to get to the console version of, yep. of Pirates, it, it it did just get the sense of like, hey, this is kind of an arcade style game. Yep. Right and yeah, forget all the sim stuff, forget all the wargaming stuff. That's not what this is. Yeah, and the, there was just this feel to like. Like, like, yeah, like I remember the ships turning, it would be like snappy, but they would lean too. it just, yeah. he had like the, the fun stuff of the physics where like, like, wee, you know, yeah. you're going around the corner and like the cannonballs would like fly and yeah. then it would be like, they'd be individual ones or I don't know how I did it, but you kind of have a sense to be different each time. When the ships sank, he had a bunch of guys pirates out. leaping out and that's just him. I mean, that's just, yep. that's just Sid is that, and it's, it's funny because I've, I've talked to people about that, how... <clears throat> He would do things that if you asked for them, 
you'd be like, well, that's ridiculous. That's like, what is that, polished? Like, we're not going to do that now. Right. But Sid knows that, like, no, 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 that kind of joy is, like, that's essential. Like, yep. it's essential to get across to you the spirit of what we're trying to do here and how fun it is. And so, yeah, he he puts that stuff in early sound effects. Yep. And, yeah, the, the moment, I'm sure the leaning was work. I mean, he's just he just knows how what feels good, what looks good, what's fun. Yeah. And the... uh yeah, like that, you know, that four-day weekend project, like, you know, you had little cannonballs hit the ships and the guys would fly out, you yep. know, they'd land on the, you know, they'd float on the barrel. Yep. So you see they're like, oh, they're still okay. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it was just, it was just crazy. And that was, that was a moment where like I saw that like I can't, this may be a weird takeaway from, from my perspective, like I can't do that. Like, yeah, I, I, that is not the type of programming that I could do. I would right. be good at. I would never get this right. Right. Like I'm... I can do turn-based, I can do strategy games, I can definitely right. do turn-based games, maybe I can do some real-time stuff, like right. if it's if it's if it doesn't require much feel. But anything that requires game feel, like I I yeah. don't have that sense that Sid does. No, he's you know? he is a very, very special gift for for that. Which is interesting because he is very smart when it comes to systems and things like that. But yeah, his 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 touch for game feel is like and it's why I can understand why he's such a solo developer a lot of times, mm -hmm. because like it's the kind of thing that it's going to be more effective if he, if he does it himself, right? Like, yeah. It's like, give like I'll him, just do it, right? Give him control of the sound effects and the art and the animation and that, like, you've got to give that to him because it's not, you can't sit there and it's going to take a hundred meetings to get to where he was if it's a team as opposed to like he'll do it in a day because he kind of knows, you know, yeah. he's got to be able to fire it up and iterate on it. But yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't on the team, but I seem to remember like these conflicts over Sid wanting more control of like the animation engine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in Pirates, like it was like, he was like upset because he's like, he couldn't do the things that he wanted to do. You know? 100%. Yeah. I mean, that went on, I mean, that went all the, on all the way through Civ Rev and you know, maybe, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Sid, Sid wanting more control and what that meant for, for people to be fair to the people who did those disciplines, right. Who would make the animations and then he yeah. would come in and just hack his way through he'd it. Hack his way through it. And they're like popping everywhere and he's playing them backwards. And you're like, Oh, <laughs> you gotta remember people made those things, man. You can't just, Oh man. Maybe at least run the idea by him before you just do it. But yeah, yeah, that was his magic. But yeah, after that, after that prototype, there was this weird mix of emotions on the team. The yep. pirates team of like, Somewhat crestfallen, right? Yep. That they've been like, yeah, that they've been eclipsed, but also at the same time hopeful that like now we have a way forward. You yeah. know, it was just this weird mix of emotions. And I, yeah, I think there were a lot of us that were just nothing but like, oh, thank God, right? Like, <laughs> thank God, Sid is here. Like, he'll fix this stuff, and he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. So then, did you get involved? Did you get involved shortly after that, or I? Yep. So I, I then I was I was still in mostly a programming role then, but almost entirely a programming role. I was doing. I did the first version of like the water shader, so it was still graphics type stuff. Um, and but then I moved into more of a gameplay engineering role. Um, but I think I just did gameplay engineering on that game. I think I, I worked on the Xbox port of the game. So what does that mean, gameplay engineering? Like, um, I think, well, with Sid, I don't know how much gameplay engineering is there, actually, I suppose. Yeah, like, I'm like, did, <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't tell you stuff to implement, right? Like, I'm having a hard no, time imagining that. Actually, that's a good point. I don't know how much gameplay engineering there would be to do, because otherwise I'd say that'd be, you know, you're implementing combat animations and, and you're implementing mini games and things like that. But I think with Sid, that's probably not that likely. So I must've been doing graphics work. It just must've been more graphics work at that point. Yep. Um, yeah. That'd be my guess. Yeah. 
So yeah, still engineering. Up at that point, still engineering. And I worked for Sid. And again, it was another time I didn't work with him as close as I did on Sim Golf. Mm-hmm. And it really wasn't until the next project that I really, this is when Sid and I, it was my last project with Sid. Um, but this is where Sid and I got really, really close. On Sivrev? Sivrev. Yeah. Yeah, we got really close on that. That like that changed the course of my life, working on that game with him. Yep. Um, uh, well, you know, before we get to Sivrev, I mean, like, I just, I was so, watching the Pirates experience, I thought it was just such an amazing, because I think that was Sid, because he, he pushed himself to a place that he hadn't ever been before, yep. you know, to work on a project with that type of scope. Um, big, big team 3D, you know, his first you know, 3D project. You know, it's not the type of thing he was, he was used to doing, and he did a really great job with that game. You yep. know, he, he put it to new places. I mean, th- you know, through in, you know... Yeah, like the dancing game, right? Like you know, stuff that like he first brought up. A lot of people like what? Um, but you know, like just kind of leave oh, this in. Like he did, he did an amazing job with that product. And he really did. Yeah, he really did. I mean, it was that. That was a game. That's a, a game I continue to be proud of. I'm proud of working on. You know, yeah, he, yeah, people should know. Like he came in and he saved that. He came in and saved that project. And it, it did. That game did lead to. That's what led to Civ Rev was his yeah. comfort with like, oh, I can work on a big team. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know? it's that that's I think one of the things that's a challenge for him yep. in this whatever these last couple decades is yep. like how how is he able to interface with the way game development right. has gone? Right. Um and uh and yeah, so like, you know, now he was comfortable yep. and yeah, do you remember how he decided to go back to Civ? Like, I mean, I don't know if he talked to you about that or whatever, but like, I don't like think, how, no, how, I don't how think it came how it came about. <clears throat> like I don't know. He must have been casting about. I bet he would know. But I, I suppose part of it probably was at the time, just like you know, five or six years before, we were like, okay, 3D is coming. We have to, we have to convert. We have to change as a studio. Like the, the, oh, the new thing was, was console. Consoles right? were the. It was thing. like we're afraid if we don't if we don't adapt to consoles, we'll get you know left so, behind. And this was maybe in every studio, but a studio as long lived as as Fraxis, what you get is like a bunch of like. This is the new thing, and this is the new thing, and this is the new thing, and it was so 3D, which we were late on, obviously, and that was the next thing. Um, but then, yeah, it was consoles. Um, MMOs were like a big thing at that point. Right. right. So World of Warcraft came out, and they realized you could make more money than God by right. charging a monthly subscription. That inspired business idea, I suppose. They were making <laughs> so much money, and then it was like, can you make an MMO or? But then it was like, yeah, it must be consoles. Like it must be that every player is going to consoles now. Yeah, and of course the the split revenue split in games still remains even in in North America. It's different in other regions, but in in North America, the revenue split is equal, right? It's still consoles and PC, right? The revenue split is still equal. So, you know, fifteen years later, but we thought at that point it was well. That was especially a time of like PC is doomed. PC is doomed. Like that was like the 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 split has gone back and forth but i feel like that like 2006 2007 was like kind of like the native because that was like before steam really like steam was, was just steam, starting to which it maybe was let's be honest maybe that changed the calculus because yeah, it did feel like yeah pc games were difficult the installing of them difficult all these things that steam eliminated that, yep. made, that made trivial um they were pain with with pc games and then you you would go play your console like oh yeah i want this like i just want to put the thing in and play right yep yeah, so Civ Red, Rev took a couple of years, but I'm sure it was started in that moment of yeah. like, what's happening with PC games? You know, like this right. is not the future. We have to we have to get on consoles. Yeah, what it, what is for Axis's future? Because we had put first game we put on consoles was um, Pirates. We put that on Xbox, and then yeah, then I think it was the thinking was like, hey, we've got to make a future for 
you know, Soren will shepherd Civ over on PC, that dying platform over there. <laughs> maybe Civ 4 will make a few bucks. <laughs> right. And, uh, well, well, we... Maybe someday we'll make Civ 5. I don't that's know. Right. That's but, right. Uh, but, but we need to forge. And again, these are all the right decisions, I think, because I think we did think at that point, you're like, yeah, no, PC's in trouble. Like, we need to at least forge a... You know, it's always been a two-game studio, so it was like, all right, well, then we need to forge a future on consoles what's the best way to do it like yeah let's do civ you know yep um so when did you leave for axis i left 2007 2007 like uh i'm trying i know civ i played some civ rev before i left yeah i remember i gave Sid notes and like sat i sat in a couple of those like he would have the weekly meetings right um and uh it was it was tough for me coming from civ 4 to play civ rev because it felt it felt so small yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. and but there was a lot that I admired about the design. Like, and I often tell people, like, you know, you don't necessarily have to play all of the civs, but you should try Civ Rev because yep. it'll it'll tell you like that's that's where Sid would have taken the franchise. Yeah, right. It'll like show you the potential of what Civ. You'll maybe see the potential of if you play Civ Rev and you like it. When you go like, ooh, I wish there was this, it'd be like, oh, okay, then you should probably play. A, a big Civ then, right? Because all the things you'll want after playing Civ Rev is that they probably exist in the big Civs. You know? Right. Yeah, but beyond that, like, um, like the idea that that you know, like Sid kind of stepped in, right, and like took over Pirates and shepherded yep. that in, and you know, you know, they came up with the idea of like, oh, Civ for console. Well, it should probably be a little more streamlined. Uh, I mean, I really think it was brilliant to have him do it. I, I, I just don't know how how conscious they were of it being a good decision because like. Well, what I'm about to say, which is that I don't see any possibility ever of like, oh, Civ 7 is getting wobbly. Sid's going to take it, step in, and no. like shepherd the project. Like no. th- those days are over. Like he is not the right person for that, no. that type of project anymore. No. But he was absolutely the right pro- person for Civ Rev because yep. it was it, it could exist at a scale that Civ 1 was. Yep. Right. Like and, um, you know, it's, it's kind of fortunate for the franchise that. He didn't need to be involved with with all of them, but it's also really cool that we got to see what what Sid would have done if he made Civ over. Yeah, him, you know. Yeah, and it was it was it was it was a big team. <clears throat> I mean, was our team bigger than the Civ Four team? Probably, right? Uh, a Civ Four is weird because we all got we, all the artists got stuck on pirates, so we only uh, we got like twenty artists for like the last year of Civ Four. Uh, Before that, we had like two, um, <laughs> and we had like maybe five or six programmers. Oh so yeah, it was it was it's uh, kind of crazy. Civ always pulling up the rear, or Golden Goose somehow pulling up the rear. <laughs> I don't know what there are, there are too many stories about that. Like yeah. the like I'm, I think probably Civ Six is like the first Civ where they finally like yeah. were like, okay, we get it. <laughs> These yeah. games make money. There's going to be no yes. I would say yes. Yeah, Civ no Six was pulled, there was no, no pull, what's the right phrase, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. there was no there's no stops. doubt about who wears the big boy pants at Fraxis. I think and, and well deserved. I think that, but yeah, um, yeah. Civ Rev was. So that, this is what I think made my relationship with Sid was the friction or just the trouble between like Sid and like working with a larger team. Okay. He needed somebody. Somebody had to be an intercessionary between Sid and the team and the team and Sid. And that became me because 
from an engineering standpoint at first where it was like, well, why does it need to work? Why? Like the engineers be like, why do we have to work like this? Like he would, he wants to draw everything on every frame. He wants to set everything on every frame, which is an old like 2d way of thinking about a screen. Right. And then I would talk with Sid and then I would talk with, um, the engineers and I would sort of like just work as a sort of go between between for both of them because I really, really loved Civ Rev and I got along. And so Sid and I started working together a lot. So I would work on this sort of like intermediate layer between what Sid was writing, the code Sid was writing and what the engineers needed, this sort of API basically to Sid, right? So this glue layer, we called it. And so I worked on this glue layer, which would be an API to like for Sid to be able to access like the larger code base. And so by doing that, I started to understand like Sid's thinking a little bit and I started to become very, very sympathetic to Sid because I was playing the game so much and I, I believed in all his design and, and I was invested in the design. And so I just became invested in Sid and, and what he needed. And so then I would just because you, because you saw the, how his way of coding worked or you just wanted to make sure he was supported. Yes, because I believed that the, that the challenges that he was facing from working with a larger team were like, they were roadblocks for him implementing like his design as quickly as possible. And I just believe, I believe, I was like, yeah, we need to get these things done as quickly as possible. He, he should have access to these things he's asking for because I see how it manifests. Like every time he makes a change, I started to see like the value in all the changes he's making on a daily basis because I was involved with them. And then I started arguing for them. Then I started advocating for Sid and being like, no, you guys, Let's find a way to give him the access to the things he needs because I know why he needs it. Based on the design, I know why he's asking for this. Like it actually, he's because people just the, it's careful for okay, people. Sorry, um, <laughs> but yeah. So I, I started to understand why he wanted what he did, and then I just, I just, then I became fully like in his camp and just, and it was awesome working with him. Then I, then I started working. Then I started playing the game so much. I started to get really involved in the design offering him tons of feedback. And the cool thing about Civ Rev is that you could play it in three hours, two and right. a half hours, right? Yep. So you could play an entire game. I've never, I've never worked on a game that short before. Right. Where you could say, oh, okay, here's a bunch of feedback. And Sid, we got into a loop where we'd have weekly design meetings, but we'd get into a loop where like I would play the game every day. I'd give him feedback and then he would implement it that night. And then I'd play the game tomorrow. And I'd be like, oh, it's all changed now. You yeah. know, and if he didn't change it, I'd get angry about it because he <laughs> obviously didn't agree with me. And so I'd, we'd have our little back and forth yeah. about it. But it really like our relationship was definitely formed on that game because I really, really enjoyed playing the game. And I would just I also really started to enjoy like playing it, giving him feedback. He yeah. make these changes. And I was like, oh, OK. And I thought I understood I thought I started to understand how he's making all this stuff happen. I hadn't at that point. But. Right. I mean, it's uh, it seems like that's a pattern that works well for Sid. Like you're what you're doing is not that much different from Bruce Shelley's role right. in the original yep. Civilization, right? Yep. Like he was his number one playtester. Like he's yep. the one who wanted to play the game every day. Give me your feedback, and like Bruce would talk about. I would show up in the morning, and there'd be a floppy disk on yep. my chair. Yep, and that's, that's exactly how it worked. And I think that. Um, we got to a place where I started to understand his thinking and then he started to understand 
my thinking and, and eventually he like started to respect my feedback enough to be like, okay, so yeah, I would play it and he'd change it and it was, it was awesome. And I, do, you, do you remember any specific examples of like things that maybe even something that you, you push for that you know, he was... I can remember one thing he didn't change. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the things that stick with you. Um, oh, yeah, I remembered how like, I was like, I felt like the, the AI had like really not enough nuance to it. And so okay. like, I was like, I feel like they, even when they, I was beating them, like they were, you couldn't get any respect out of the AI leaders. Like they would Oh, they still like mock you. They would or still would, mock me. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, you got to change that. I was like, you, you got it. It's, you, you are, you are like, you're, you're stealing my joy. When right. I have. I want them to cower. That's right. When I have taken the time to like, it's okay that they mock me in the beginning. I said, but that's got to change. You've got to change it. To where they begin to cower. I think he did make some accessions to that because, again, Sid wrote all the you know he wrote all, all the text as well. Yeah. Um, but I was like, you've you have got to. Ch- they should not be mocking me when I am surrounding their city and I have destroyed them over the course of this. And and I remember that was like a long sticking point between us. Huh, that's funny because that seems like a Sid type of thing to do, actually. To have yeah, yeah. Players respond king, right? like you know? that. Yeah. So, Huh. Um, maybe he did make accessions to it, but I remember that one was like a back and forth between us for a long time. Um, but yeah, it was really like, it was really, really awesome. And we, we really got close and it's funny because Sid and I are so different. Our personalities are really, really different. Right. Um, I think that like, I'm just sort of like, I can be kind of loud, you know, loud and, and overly jokey sometimes. Um, and you know, I, curse too much and you know like he's he's a little more since the uh director of his church choir right right exactly it's it's a different it's different place and so um but i think that i really liked i mean i really felt like he was like he's not a father it's too much to say i'm a father but he was like a real mentor to me and and we got pretty close and I I, de- he, I think he li- I, mean, I would make him laugh right so he would enjoy like we would have these great conversations and um yeah, I remember. I remember actually one one of my favorite memories of working on Sid. We were both there really late one night, and <laughs> so there was at one point there was um, uh, there was like a rumor that EA was going to buy out mm. Take Two. I think it was. Oh yeah, it wasn't a rumor. Like they did, yeah, they tried to they do tried it. To. It was like a hostile takeover. Yeah, and so Sid had whether I don't think Sid does anything without knowing what he's doing. <laughs> um, I told Sid this story recently, but um, but Sid had somehow ended up talking to the press uh-huh. and said, like, well, how would you feel about it if you right. fought up? He was like, well, we'd be fine. We worked for you before. Like, we just want to make games or whatever. Well, the proper response to that question is, I have no comment. I'm like, <laughs> I have no comment. That's a public company talking about another public company. Like, you're a big face. And it was like, the proper answer is, I have no comment. The proper answer is, if you want to see Alpha Centauri 2, <laughs> right. then hope for this deal. <laughs> yeah, That's right. the right answer. Right. Anyway, go ahead. Yes, the right answer is, I have no comment. Um, so, so and, and, and people at Take 2 were unhappy about his response or even talking to press. They don't know how it happened, right? And wow. so, huh. um, and I remember I was telling him that and we were sitting in his office. Right? Uh-huh. This is, I talked to him about this and uh, this is not an apocryphal story. Like I was sitting in his office, we're talking about Sidra, but then we were just talking about other stuff. Yep. And so, uh, and then I was like, I, I was like, I can't believe you said that. I was like, oh man. He was like, yeah, what? it's fine. He was like, I didn't mean anything about it. I just mean, you know, we want to, I don't know if he didn't mean anything about it or not. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, 
as I'm talking to him, his uh-huh. phone rings, and I see on caller ID it uh-huh. says Zelnik, <laughs> comma, <laughs> S. And that is, for anyone who doesn't know, that is the CEO of Take Two, which yeah. is the publisher of our publisher. Like they're the, That's yep. the boss boss. Yep. You never, I mean, maybe some days you'd want to see that show up on your call right. ID, but most days you probably wouldn't. Definitely not now. And I saw that ring, and I looked at him, and he was like, hmm. And I was like, oh, <laughs> like, oh no. And so I, I was like, oh. he was like, I should take this. I was like, okay. So I left his office, and I went upstairs Back to my computer, and I remember think, sitting there thinking, like, oh, God, please, please, no. I was like, please don't let Sid get fired right now. <laughs> I was like, I think they're firing Sid. Oh, man. And so I waited. I waited after a while, and then I came down, and she was like, it's fine. You can come in. And he was like, no, it's fine. He just reminded me that in situations like this, it's best to say. Comment. And I was like, oh, you really need the president of Take Two to call you and remind you? I was like, is that all he said? But yeah. yeah. Wow. So, yeah, I, I had a lot of great memories of just like late nights with him. Just, you know, you know, when you work with on projects like that, and again, I'm not advocating late night work or anything, but projects like that where you're like the core team and you just have all those memories together yep. of just weekends yep. and late nights and just, you know, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, yeah. I often tell people about the, the, the thing you don't necessarily expect with Sid is he's got that the sense of humor that oh, he's just, just comes that you wouldn't because he is he's quiet yep he's you know generally keeps to himself but he has a sharp sense of humor <laughs> that's pretty like, sharp i remember there was one uh, on the civ 4 tour we did an event in paris and the civ 4 had some multiplayer problems shortly after it shipped yeah and there was this one uh, press lady there who just kept hammering us on questions about like, why is the multiplayer not working? When's it going to fix? What's the problem? You know, like this is not acceptable. Like, you know, I don't know what things are in America, but here in France, like we don't, <laughs> we don't take this type of stuff. And that was all over. So it was like, wow, that was a real fiasco. And he's like, that's a word you don't get to use very often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's, he's funny and boy, he can, he can actually cut you down to size with his, yeah. I mean, like he's, he's very sharp and he has, mm-hmm. he has a very dry sense of humor sometimes. So yeah, people don't realize how funny he is. He's, he's, he's like anybody. He's brilliant. He's, he's very nice. He's very kind. He's very charming when he wants to be. Yeah. I mean, I, so. I think of the, like the, the player facing, like the, the, like the game feel and the joy that comes from his game. I feel like it comes from the same place as that humor. Yeah. Like, I don't think if he, if he had, didn't have that sense of humor, he wouldn't be making. Yeah. Games he know, like he knows what's funny. What's going to make people smile. Yeah. Um, a weird fact is that, um, Sid is my mother-in-law's neighbor has been for years. So they live next door to each other. So Patty, my mother-in-law, right. Jen's mom. Um, for years and years, she is uh, neighbors with Sid and Susan. Did she? What order did this happen? Uh, I think she, Patty, moved into her condo, uh-huh. and Sid, of course. I mean, he has like two of the kinds. Sid could live in whatever he wanted to. But yeah, like this is a very Sid thing. He's a very humble guy, and he also just likes to have things in a certain way. Um, so he, yeah, he lives. He lives next door to um, my mother-in-law. So it's a funny thing because. I'll hear from both of them about each other. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Sid will be like, party out of town? And I'll be like, uh, <laughs> like, oh, yeah, our car is actually in the shop. It's been, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, Patty will tell me, she'll be like, I haven't seen, I haven't seen Sid's car for a couple of days. So I'm like, okay. But he's he's incredibly kind. Like, um, he was, 
He like uh, Patty also plays piano. So Sid, Sid and Patty, they both play piano. And so just a couple weeks ago, Sid was like, "Well, ask Patty if she wants." Um, he was he was like, "I have this piano and I never play it." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "I'll ask her." I was like, "She has." He was like, "It's a digital piano." And I was like, "Okay." I was like, "I'll ask her. If she has one." You know. He was like, "Well, here I'll send you the link for it." And I said, "Okay." And then I looked at it. And I was like, "Cruise, of course, it's an expensive <laughs> piano. It's a hugely expensive piano, very expensive." And I was like, "Oh." I was like, Patty, you should take this. But it's funny. Um, uh, then Patty, this is just a couple weeks ago, Patty didn't take it because my daughter's come over to her house and my youngest, Alice, likes to play and uh, Patty's has like sound effects on mm-hmm. it. <laughs> I mean, it has like alien sound effects on it and drums and stuff like that. And Sid's digital piano is like an actual like yeah, grand, yeah. you know. So Patty was like, you know what? I just, I can't because... <laughs> <laughs> My granddaughter's love. Can't give up for the same. And she was like, I don't care. He was like, I yeah. don't care. But yeah, he's yeah. he's such a kind, generous, and it has been funny to have him be. That is funny. Wow. Yeah. That's a, that's cool. Wow. Um, <laughs> what do you, what, you know, soon we're going to get to XCOM, right? Yeah. Uh, maybe tomorrow. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but um, uh, what, what, were you picking up design lessons at this point, you know, in Civrev? Do you think that suited you? Like, I, I was, forward? I was, I definitely was. I mean, I think that it was more what I was learning was I definitely was learning some system design because I would give him feedback and then I would see the way he would change it based on my feedback. Um, I was getting a false sense of confidence too because he and I were in this close loop, mm-hmm. right. and so he was taking so much of my feedback. That I was starting to think like, oh, well, this must mean that I'm as good at this as he is, right? And I ignored the fact that he had built this whole thing to get to a point where I could give him feedback on it. I just was like, well, I'm giving you feedback. He's taking a lot of my feedback. I must be as good at this as like, maybe I'm as good at this as Sid Meier's. That got me into trouble down the line uh, later. But I was learning a lot of lessons to him about the changes he made based on my feedback. But also just the way he worked with the team, like how much... One, I'm a very, I'm still in a very, a very like in the weeds system designer as well. And a very detail oriented that comes from Sid too. Um, I worked through a big team obviously, or I did. Um, but I did, I stay very, very close to the ground, like in my designs and also just the things that I care about. Like, uh, I learned that from him as well in terms of like, I, I care about, I think the magic is in the details. Like they really are. Right. So I'm I'm really like detail oriented, and I think that comes from him and how much he, how much control he took over, right? Um, the designs and, and the whole sort of creative aspect of the games, yeah. But also just the way he interacted, like the way he took feedback, has always stuck with me. It really, that like, not to oversell that, but that like that lesson always stuck with me. I was like so surprised. I was like, I would get annoyed. We would be in these meetings, these feedback team meetings, right? And people right. would be giving feedback. And I'd be like... It could be anyone from the team who's played right. the game. They're just going to tell, tell right. them what they thought. And I'd be like, oh, we have been over this like <laughs> 10 times. Like, I have firm opinions about this. And I, we've been over this like 20 times. And then this new person will come in here and they'll be like, oh, I don't like when things work like this. I don't remember what it was, but it really stuck out to me. Sid was like, we should change that. Like and if- I was like, I was like, What? And he was like, you mean something why does that, this something keep that like he resisted like twenty he times? He resisted, and I resisted, and, point, I, and I and I was coming from like an intellectual standpoint. Also, yeah. it's like, well, we've talked about this, right? And we are the ones who know about this. 
And then somebody brought it up and they were, I don't know, it was their first or second design, but whatever it is. And they brought it up and Sid was like, I'm going to change this. He was like, I'm just going to get rid of this whole thing. And I was like, yeah. what? And I was so invested in it academically. And, and he was like, why does this keep coming up? Yep. He was like, what, what? He was like, we, we've like, we've like dug, he wouldn't say it this way, but it, but it was like, it's clear we dug ourselves in as designers on yeah. this idea of like, it doesn't matter. It keeps coming up. Like we can't accept like that. Sometimes as a designer, you can sort of be like, Oh, I know that sucks. Like, but right. that's just how the game works. You know, like support about these other problems. But Sid was like, why don't we just get rid of it? Like right. he was like, let's get rid of it. Like why, why do we, why do this conversation keeps coming up from people who've played the game one time, two times, they keep bringing this up. Like you should probably fix that. Not like say, Oh yeah, that's just how the game kind of works because that one always stuck with me is I found myself multiple times and then I, I fixed it. And I think I've, I think really as a designer, I've really taken him on spiritually this way because I remember sitting in that room and I would get like, irritated and dismissive and he never would and i was like geez i'm not even the designer on this thing yeah i was like i should maybe pay attention so that always stuck with me he was like okay if you've played the game and you don't like it so he would he would tell me feedback is fact he's like when somebody tells you he's like that you know they're gonna then they're gonna tell you like how you should fix it and that that part's not important right right but what they tell you they're feeling is like well that's just the fact right there yeah when, when they tell you they feel something or don't like something it's like yeah. You, and if you hear it from your own team, what's right. what's going to happen when it's just out right. in the public, right? right. Like you know, it, you know, it's it's going to come up over and over again. Yeah, I I know moments like that where you know I've dug in my heels. We all have, and like it's yeah, it's like at some point I, I you know I've I've learned like if you hear something three or four times, like you yep. got to do something about it. Period. Do something about it. Period. To the to the point of like maybe you should get rid of something. Like right. it, it's really you really don't ever want to. You're right. right. Like I, I never want to eat. I never ship with something where you're like, oh, I know, but it right. makes this other thing really cool. It's like, no, 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 no. Like you, you gotta like to the point of maybe just toss or like, what's the worst? And we did this a lot on XCOM. It would be the kind of thing that we instituted, maybe because of it. We had something called uh, Mutator Mondays, where anybody, if they'd played the game. Everybody got a turn to suggest a change and a fundamental change to how the game played. Like every fundamental. Every Monday? Every Monday. So I would change it over the weekend. I would make the change over the weekend and then it would stay in the build for like two days. And then we'd have a design meeting the next week. And But it would, we'd say like, hey, on Mutator Mondays. And something would pop up and say, hey, by the way, there's no fog of war right. anymore. Right? There's just no to fog see of what war. It's like, because yeah. somebody just and, – and it's it's a bad idea or it's a good idea. But even when it's a bad idea, it teaches you like, oh, well, that's – that." You, you know, maybe intuitively you know it's a bad idea. But you do it then you go like, oh, it's a bad idea because X, Y, Z. Yeah. And you go, well, no, no, more about the game. Okay. Well, often people design – when you're designing a game, at some point you've been doing it so long, you forget why something that was in there, like why we added this thing. Oh, and that like, happens all the time. You know, and so and then, then it just becomes this thing that's in the game as right. opposed to a thing that is, is accomplishing X, Y, or Z. Because yeah. maybe now you no longer need Y and Z. You it's, know? It is almost a, you know – not to be denigrating, but it is like a from the ba from the mouth of babes moment where like somebody will just be like they play for the first time like mm, just, why does it work like this? <laughs> you have to have that moment of being like, what does what would happen if we change that? I'm guessing now I've done this enough as a designer to be like I'm guessing it's it's worth trying if you can try it quickly do it and either be 
Now you'll have ammunition the next time somebody brings it up. Or you might yeah. find a lot of times be like, it's fine if it's not there anymore. If we lose this one little piece of like design, whatever, it's not going to change anything. Yeah. I think the challenge now though is like projects got get so big and they have so much momentum and you have these all these sort of like, you know, you have to split up the design across all these different people yep. that throwing something away is just a lot more. Like I, I can't I, – I, I often ask people I know at Ubisoft, I try to understand like how in the world they made games because it's just, it's just baffling to me, you know, like how, because they, they, it must be like, you know, we're all starting in parallel and we have to finish in parallel. Yeah. There's no way they could make a game this big, you know, and like, you know, how, yeah, they how do they change course? their own battles, right? Right. That's, and, you know, like you I'm can't... I'm just assuming the person who's working on this system is going to get there. Right. Know, get but then you also, you can't change what you're doing all this much because all these other people are going to assume you're still doing the thing that you were supposed to be doing, you know, and it's still yeah. going to work the way they expected it to, you know. And uh, whereas, you know, with Sid's games, you still kind of see that they, they boil down to like, yeah, if he wants to throw away the system, he can because he's yeah. also the person who, you know, stuck in the UI for it and yep. knows how this goes, knows how that goes. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah I, I mean, just, it gets harder. It is. It does. It absolutely gets harder. The, the loops get longer. The loops get bigger. Um, yeah, I stopped programming on War of the Chosen. I stopped yeah. programming, and that that was the kind of thing that, like, I definitely saw. Like, okay, I got to be respectful of the people who put in the work, and like, but you got to get people around you who like build trust with people to when you do come to them and you say like, hey. Yeah. Got to do it. Then they go, all right, all right. And, you know, you owe it to them to explain why, but you, you build up trust with people enough to where they, they either can tell you why that's not a good idea or they, you know, you've got a good relationship. They go, like, all right, you know, you're the one playing it more than anybody else. If you say, I'm just going to have to trust you on this one. Yeah. But, yeah, he was, he definitely, and maybe the biggest thing I, I learned from him was how welcoming he was how just non he just was not bothered by feedback and in fact he would just listen to it and go okay yeah and he'd make radical changes and i remember <clears throat> i had that moment uh, it was a specific moment but on xcom used to throw grenades in xcom enemy unknown and then the great grenades would go off the next turn right right and the idea was like, well, that's how it worked in the original game is grenades were timed and it'll, you had to be more strategic because grenades were just, because, you know, when you shot guns, like you had a chance to hit. Well, grenades didn't have a chance to hit. Grenades just did damage. Yep. You know, and it was like, well, that's just, so I just, for whatever reason, I just said like, this is how they work. And you play and you're like, it's fine, right? It's okay, yeah, right. right? And then I remember we went to a play test and there was something we had, debated ad nauseum and we were in a play test like before the game shipped and it was like without like you know all of the play tests were like oh my god why do the grenades <laughs> no and and i remember other people it was my moment like everybody all the other people in the room were like oh my god this again right and right yeah, like, yeah what are we doing i was like make the grenades blow up make them blow right. up when you throw them i was like it's it, it, let's do it let's test it if it doesn't break the game this is what we're going to do because right. you can't listen to four people say something and say this yep. is lame when it does this like alright yeah at some point it's, it's it's as simple as like just make it stop I don't right. <laughs> I don't want to hear this anymore I don't want to hear this anymore <laughs> yeah it's one of those things as a designer where you know you're there are two things one if you hear feedback multiple times I'm like look that's a look I got to fix it that's on me the other thing too is I always feel like UI is always something where like when the 
when the UI is messy, I'm like, that's not a UI problem. That's a design right. problem. I'm sure. typically like, if somebody's like, wow, this screen's really complicated. I'm like, like yes. I'm like, yeah, that's not really the UI artist's fault. Right, that's right. them doing a hell of a job at, I should probably figure out a way to clean this up from a design standpoint. Yeah. I sometimes have, there's a weird, weird similarity with like simpler code. Yeah. Like oftentimes like, the the code I write for the 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 game mechanic or whatever at some point I figured out the right game mechanic and I discovered that the code just became a whole lot simpler and yeah. I was like why didn't I do this right. this way to begin with like oh it made everything so much harder I mean how many times have you had the thought as a designer I, I have this on every project which is like man if I just thought of this two iterations ago right it's, it's just it's the kind of thing that I totally accept what the truth is and how the process is, but I'm like, oh, my life would be so much better if I'd thought of this like yep. six months before now. Yep, that's that's the process. Yeah. Uh, cool. All right, well, I'm, it's getting late. So. Oh, yeah, this is late. <laughs> I don't really go to bed at 9.30. Yeah, so. <clears throat> but I think we're also at a good spot because I want to start like uh, tomorrow we can talk, start yeah. talking. Because I also want to talk about like your first XCOM prototype. Yes. I think it's kind of interesting how you actually got two shots at it. But uh, I got two. Yeah. It was almost three strikes and you're out. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, cool. All right. Well, this was this was really good. Awesome. So, Thanks, man. And we'll, we'll do more tomorrow. Thank you.